What is up, freaks? It's your boy, Marty Ben, here to introduce this episode of TFTC. I sat down with our good friend, Rodolfo Novak, founder of CoinKite. Incredible human being. A renaissance man, if you will. We just had an incredible meandering conversation. We talked about it all. I really like this one. I fucking love what we got going on here at the Bitcoin Commons. The vibe is very high, elevated, getting the studio finally put together and sitting down the set that, that, that we have here. I think it's going to produce some good content. Shout out to Carr, who's behind the computer right now. He's putting everything together, making us look good. We're stepping it up here at TFTC Freaks. <sighs> trying, trying to make something legitimate, you know. Doing our best. This rip is brought to you by good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is here to bring you financial services that leverage Bitcoin's native properties. Uh, they have their vault product, which is a two or three multi-sig. Quorum, which you hold two keys, Unchained holds one key. You always have access to your Bitcoin as long as you have your two keys. If you're ever in a pinch, need that second uh, Unchained to be the second in the two or three multi-sig quorum, they are there for you. And they have a, a lending platform as well. You use your Bitcoin as collateral. It's same-day U.S. dollar liquidity. They have an IRA product. You can roll over your IRA into Bitcoin. You can control the keys too. Jeff Anders running that team. Uh, be on the lookout too. They had a data breach last week. They just announced earlier today uh, in terms of data breaches, severity, relatively low compared to uh, data breaches that happen in other areas of the industry. Um, but yeah, they, there, there was a data breach, uh, some identifying information, emails, IP addresses um, that were stored on a trusted uh, third party um, did get socially engineered. Um, you know, the, the third party got socially engineered. So go check out the, uh, the announcement there. Um, we'll try to link to that in the show notes as well. This, uh, But if you want to go check out everything they got going on, incredible products, incredible team, incredible content, unchained.com. This rip is also brought to you by our good friends at Brains. Cars pulling off his headphones because that was a high. I hit that high note. Brains with two eyes. B-R-A-I-I-N-S. Incredible team. Been in Bitcoin for quite a while. Our team behind Slush Pool, which is the oldest mining pool in Bitcoin's history. Started in 2010. Uh, their team behind Brains OS Plus firmware, which allows you to stack more sats with your hash. If you download it on uh, an ASIC, that's compatible. If you have an ASIC, that's compatible with any of Brains OS Plus firmware versions uh, and you're not using it, you are leaving sats on the table. It's as simple as that. They have insights.brains.com, I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S dot Brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S dot com. That is your one-stop shop for all the pertinent mining data that you may need as an individual or a business in the mining industry. They were going to throw a conference, but they had to cancel it. They'll probably reschedule it at some point later. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, what else do they have? Incredible content as well. If you want to learn about the mining industry, history, how it works, what they're working on. They work on open source projects as well, like Stratum V2. 
Go check it out. Brains.com. B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. This trip is also brought to you by good friends at Hoddle. Hoddle. Hoddle's Hoddle is here to bring you a peer-to-peer lending platform. No KYC, no AML. It also leverages Bitcoin's native multi-sig properties. What you do is you put your Bitcoin up in a collateral escrow multi-sig accounts where you hold one key. It's a two or three multi-sig. You hold one key. Your counterparty holds one key. And then Hoddle Hoddle is there with the third key. In this setup, you do not, uh, you cannot move the funds in the escrow account for obvious reasons. However, you do have this ability into that multi-sig wallet to ensure that your sats aren't being rehypothecated and that if you're paying your stable coin loan back plus the interest at the end of the day, you are going to get your sats back. Alternatively, if you are a stable coin guy or gal and you're looking to get yield on your stable coins, you can go to lend.hodlhodl.com and enter the other side of that marketplace and put up your stable coins to be lent out uh, with an interest rate attached to them to Bitcoiners looking for stable coin liquidity. Go to lend.hodlhodl.com to check out this lending platform. Again, it's no KYC, no AML. You put the Bitcoin up, you get stable coins, you pay back the stable coin loan, and you get your sats back. No KYC, no AML. You put your stable coins up. You, they get lent out to Bitcoiners and you get your stable coins back plus a bit of interest on top of it. It's a great, it's a great, beautiful thing. Lend.hodlhodl.com. This rip was last but not least brought to you by our good friends at the Bitcoin 2022 conference, which is coming up real quick. We had CK, Pete Rizzo, and Dylan LeClaire on the show yesterday. Great little four-person powwow here at the Bitcoin Commons talking about everything they're doing at Bitcoin Magazine, what they have planned at Bitcoin 2022. It is happening in a few weeks, April 6th to 9th in South Beach, Miami. It's a four-day four day event. They've got uh, Industry Day, which is the first day. You want to brush elbows with industry hot players. Hot players. Day one, six, days two and three, seventh, eighth are general conference days. Uh, we're going to go in and it's going to be a massive event with many stages, having very focused talks, panels, presentations. There's going to be many CEOs throughout the industry that are participating. There's President Bukele is going to be making a big announcement. I think we've got senators, congressmen coming in to talk as well. It's going to be a, a, hell, a hell of an event. Day four is a music and comedy festival. They've added comedy to the list as well. They've got comedians coming. They've got Steve Aoki coming, Logic, Dead Mouse, Run the Jewels, uh, and a bunch of funny comics as well. Hannibal Barris will be there. They announced that yesterday. Um, Mark Marin's going to be there. So it's going to be going to be a cool event. The Bitcoin Magazine team, BTC Media team is, is creating a very... Very cool cultural event in South Beach, Miami. Go to b.tc slash conference to get your tickets if you haven't already. They're going to be going up as we approach conference day. Use the code TFTC. That's TFTC. You're going to get 10% off your tickets. b.tc slash conference. Uh, code TFTC. Last but not least, uh, I know I just said that for Bitcoin 2022 conference. However, we got to make you aware that if... Uh, you download the Fountain app and you listen to TFTC, any TFTC episode between now and the end of the month, March 31st. Uh, you're going to get 1,000 sats sent to your Fountain wallet. And at the end of the month on the 31st, we're going to randomly choose 
a freak who downloads the app and listens to a TFTC episode, 50,000 sats. That's uh, like 2,500 sats a dollar right now. Times that by two, that's $2. Times that by 10, it's $20 worth of Bitcoin. 20 bucks worth of sats, okay? Download the Fountain app. Fountain.fm, I believe is the website. If you want to go check out where you can download that. Enjoy this rip of Rodolfo fucking renaissance man. Incredible rip. Okay. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Or we'd lose like the pizzazz of, of showing it live. Oh, we got the audio going now? Oh my gosh. Well, you guys missed out. But, um, yeah, so dude, I have this cool thing. It is... Uh, Daryl is out of time. Daryl's out of time. I just gotta, yeah, I gotta wrap up with you. So this is okay. called... This, this is called an open dime Bitcoin wallet. So this has a Bitcoin on it. This has a full Bitcoin on it. Okay. And it has this hole that you can puncture. So I can... Get, this is basically the cash equivalent. It's a, it's a bearer instrument for Bitcoin. So I can hand this to you. Okay. I'm not giving it to you, but just... <laughs> we can see it. It's like, don't take my Bitcoin. So, it works as a USB drive. <laughs> so yeah, you, you just plug pretend. in your computer and you can send Bitcoin to it. And then you got to puncture that hole. And that, that's what unlocks the private key. So I can give it to you and you cannot access the Bitcoin on this until that hole is punctured. And okay. then you plug it back in and you can actually take control of the Bitcoin. What does that have to do with censorship? So, well, <laughs> this is the ultimate censorship resistant crowdfunding mechanism. You can, this is totally uncensorable money that anyone could send crypto. Right. Right, but we're talking about discussions, conversations. Well, yeah, and so the reason I'm bringing it up is because we are putting a full Bitcoin towards, you know, our work with Daryl. And this, we're going to have this basically sit, and we're going to watch it over the years, and we're going to use the funds. The, the, the address for this wallet is published on minds.com slash change. And so what we want to do, you know, you see all the censorship, the, the financial censorship happening, which is correlated to censorship of speech. Um Google's now suspended monetization on YouTube for all users in Russia. Applies to other services as well. That's a whole creator industry up in smoke. No way these guys can make up that revenue on Victor. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah. I just wanted to to bring this up because so we're we're gonna be doing more events. We believe in offline events too. It's not only an online social network. And so if the address, if anyone is interested in supporting the conversations, the long form conversations we're having with Daryl, please, you know, send Bitcoin to this address, um, and, and we're and we're going to put it towards okay. that. Um, thank you, thank you guys for coming here. Oh wow, you just cut them off there. Just get the hell out of here. <laughs> totally. Eh? Yeah, we were going to start off this episode with some podcast inception. We had a clip from another podcast, and what's it like seeing Open Diamond, Joe Rogan show? Uh, it's pretty cool, right? I mean, you know, it's like it's like permeating into mainstream, right? Because mm. it's kind of funny because Rogan, Rogan now is actually mainstream. Yes, yes. He <laughs> right? I mean, like, he's not that guy. That it just, he's more mainstream than CNN. Right? Like, yeah, he's got a bigger audience than CNN, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, Bitcoin is on everything now. It's like, 
it's part of every large conversation that there is. Well, it has to be. I mean, especially considering what's going on in the world in the last few months, particularly. It's still tiny. Like, you know, when you talk about like total capitalization of Bitcoin, still less than a billion dollars, but it's on everything. Yeah. But what are we at? Like 800 billion, 775 or something like that, I would imagine. But we don't care. No, we don't. <laughs> We're just going to keep stacking, keep building. I mean, a product that you built. Just yeah, got that was broadcast cool. out to millions of people. Did you guys have a bump in traffic no. yesterday? No. <laughs> I don't think anybody <laughs> understood. Like, I don't think it was like any change in sales. <laughs> what do you? Uh, what do you give the uh, the gentleman wearing an Ethereum shirt? Uh, what would you give him in a rating of describing your product? I think like you know, for an army show, like he 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 did a he did an eight. Yeah, eight. Yeah. Okay, an eight, and then he got rushed off the stage. I was yeah. like, get the fuck out of here. I don't care. Right, do us totally like that. Rogan does not seem to have a lot of patience for Bitcoin. Yeah, I, don't, I wonder why. Maybe because he's just like incessantly getting it chilled. Yeah. He's like, but there's going to be that one day. He's going to be the show. He's going to be like, oh, no. Yeah. Or he, yeah, because he's not going to get the platform anymore. He's too big. I think so. Yeah, it, it's, it's for some reason. He's he crossed, crossed the, he's crossed the, crossed the chasm. Yeah. I think he should, I mean, it's, Spotify deal is actually getting paid very handsomely, but yeah, I think he should be doing podcasts in more open source fashion and setting it out in RSS feed and not centralizing it to one platform. I mean, how much of um, Spotify's uh, revenue and audience comes because of him. Like you could almost say that Spotify is his like Well, it was a very good product before. Like I was a paying Spotify yeah. member before Joe Rogan came. Yeah. But he certainly brought in many more viewers. Yes. Uh yeah. Yeah, but Bitcoin is permeating mainstream culture. It really is. More and more. I mean it's on everything. Like the Ukraine shit. The, well, let's talk about the Canada shit. shit. You, yeah. You somehow escape Canada to come down to Austin, Texas. Uh, yeah. You're here and What's it been like up in Canada? It's, uh, it was weird. It was really weird. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's like, you know, they've been sort of like really putting the, the boot down, right? With the whole, with the whole like max passes and all that shit. And then, you know, the truckers were duly vilified by mainstream in Canada. Right. It was weird to see all American media sort of like, yeah, freedom. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> and then in Canada, everybody was like, oh, but these guys are all Nazis. Right. Like, um, do people really believe that in Canada? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the state broadcaster is the state broadcaster. Right. And they pretend to be this sort of like very uh, uh, noble kind of like BBC kind of like media. Right. And they're CBC. Right. Yeah. CBC, Canadian Broadcast Corporation. Yeah. Um, and they're essentially just a PR arm of the federal government. Right. Uh, our friend Pierre might uh, just already announced that he's going to defund the CBC if he gets elected. <laughs> so like, yeah, boom, got my vote. Uh, <laughs> We've been talking about this the last two days. Is he going to get elected? Does he have a chance? Uh, he totally does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he, he's, he's very sharp. Like he can argue shit without like, without one tiring people out Two, he's got the facts and he knows how to like interject when like, reporters try to do a gotcha on him, try to cut him off or whatever. Like he just like rams that over. Um, yeah. And you said another key part was he's bilingual. He can speak French. That's right. I didn't realize he could speak French. I've only he ever can. heard his, uh, yeah. his English. Yeah. You know, still politician, whatever, right? Complicated. But you know, we take what we can get. 
I mean, I think he seems pretty principled to me. Oh, he is, man. There, there is this uh, picture that surfaced uh, out of him in like high school school book or something, mm-hmm. and the, the 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 line under it was something like um, like uh, you know government services are terrible for people or something like that. They're like consistent. <laughs> <laughs> that way, Canada is such an opportunity to crush it, especially considering all the the natural resources that you have. It's got everything. Relatively small economy yeah. that could be high margin. You got big thinkers like yourself building pretty massive, or I mean, pretty important companies in the Bitcoin space up there. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like a lot of Bitcoin stuff started there. It's just, you know, it, it's such a, they're squandering it all, right? In the last five years, this prime minister, but just in general, it's, um, you know, the ESG shit. <laughs> Right. I mean, you go back to Hydro Quebec. That was yeah. longer than five years ago, right? When, right? when was that? Like 2016, 2015? When they did the mining thing, right? I mean, yes, mining. Kicked everybody out. So get the hell so out of dumb. here. So dumb. You, you know. You know, and then you have the oil, the oil in Alberta, right? Like mm-hmm. it just it looks ugly from the sky, right? So it's bad photo op, but like it's super like green for whatever that means, <laughs> like it's like they have all the stamps and you know, they do it all, right? Cause they, they want to sell it and they want to sort of like, you know, it's whatever it takes for the market to take this, right? Um, and there's a lot of it, uh, lots of natural resources of all kinds. Um, you know, like a lot of indigenous people also want the, the, the pipelines as well, but then, you know, they get, ah, man, it's, it's a mess. It is a mess. Yeah. I mean, not only in Canada, across the world right now, it seems like governments are fucking up everything. Well, I mean, you know, Trudeau was a gift, right, to Bitcoin. I mean, like, it, it was an absolute gift. Like, would we ever imagine that you'd have a G20 uh, prime minister, right, go on TV and say, like, hey, we're going to go martial law because some truckers got donations and we're going to freeze bank accounts. Like, it's amazing that they show their cards, right? Like now we know, and no, no sane person is ever going to bank in Canada anymore. <laughs> like, well, that's like the interesting part has actually gotten swept under the rug with all the Russia and Ukraine that's popped up. Is that he quickly like reversed and was like, "All right, we're not. They're not freezing bank accounts anymore, right?" I mean, no, no. I, I'm pretty sure that. So, like, he got a call, right? Like, he must have gotten a call from his MPs or whatever who got the calls from the bankers, right? Saying, "Listen." You know, all the money is leaving because a lot of people who are liquid cash are liquid in USD in Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Like wealthy people bank USD. So if this USD is leaving the country, you're not going to see it reflected on the exchange rate to the CAD, right? Mm-hmm. Because if CAD was leaving the country, CAD would tank. But like the USD is like, you know, it's a wire away to your branch in the US. It's yeah. TD as well, right? Like yeah. it's like, just send it over there and... And at least you got a little jurisdiction firewall, right? Um, yeah, I mean, Canada like is not going to recuperate from this for like you know a generation or two. Like, rich people are not going to bank there. Yeah, you don't think so? Fuck no. I mean, like, why? Why would you? Like, yeah. it's crazy. Like, there's no incentive, right? Well, that's the thing. It can happen here in America too. Oh, it can oh. happen anywhere. I think that's why Trudeau. I got to thank Trudeau personally. I think his actions led me to get on the Tucker Carlson show. So I want to thank you, Justin. Uh, that was a good appearance. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but you had a highlight. Oh, shit. This is maybe the button's never been pushed before. They just push it. It's completely possible. Like, yeah. 
he he taught Bitcoin to a lot of people. Yeah, it, you know, it was kind of funny because when that happened, I was like, you know, what's my exposure, right? Because you know, I donated. I'm like, you know, they're gonna freeze my company bank accounts. What they're gonna do? And I'm like, I don't care. It doesn't make that much difference, right? Like it's like you know, there's just the fiat float. Like <laughs> screw it. Like yeah, it's uh, Bitcoin really saves the day. No, it really does. And I had a. I mean, I donated right in this room. Yeah. Like, could they come get me? Or could they come help me? Am I on a list now? Well, they they could. They seriously like they they could actually like. Let, let's say it was uh, politically interesting to Biden, right? To participate in the stupidity. Um, they could have like asked FinCEN to like, you know, maybe put a stop on some bank accounts and stuff. Yeah. Because terrorists, right? Yeah. You guys have laws to handle that without courts here too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of extrajudicial uh, exactly. actions here. Yeah. The uh, terrorists, terrorists, terrorists. How desperate are they that they're labeling working class people terrorists. It's hilarious how Trudeau in March of 2020 was asking everybody to thank a trucker. Yeah. And then two years later, let's unbank a trucker. He's like literally peak woke. Like it's like the peak. Don't call of, peak. We've, we've been calling peaks here and we've been, we've been proven wrong. I, I don't think there is anything more that comes after him. Like it's just not possible. He's like the level of hypocrisy and vacuousness and like, it's just, that's it. Like he's, He's it. <laughs> like they should have a flag when they say woke. It's like Trudeau's face on it. Well, it's, it is crazy how sociopathic he is. Like when he yeah. uh, got COVID and escaped to wherever he was and he was like out on his back porch. I mean, the guy has like raped some lady and then what? there was like an NDA or something. I don't know the full story. I don't want to be liable, but like, you know, there's some like, you know, story around some sexual shit, shit with him. And then like, you know, there's all the SNC Lavalin, there's Gaddafi's son stuff. There's the Castro thing. <laughs> there is like, man, it's like every like couple of weeks, there's like a new, like the guy is Teflon, right? Like, well, he's like Teflon sociopath. Like, yeah, I'm just going to ignore all of this. And I mean, yeah, I, I think he's Fidel Castro's son. I, I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's got the charisma, man. Like he, he can, he can, he can rally a, a crowd, you know, he like, can, He's a he young, has good hair. He's a young global leader. They groom the young global yeah. leader as well. He, it's, it's funny. His father made, his family made all their money with gas stations. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. They I, sold about 30 gas stations way back in the day. What was his dad's name? Pierre Trudeau? Yeah. I don't know if it was his father or his grandfather who had the gas station. That's how his family made the, him into a trust fund baby. Yeah. God. Like, how do we end up with these? I mean, here in the United States, we have Joe Biden, who's literally losing his mind in front of the world. Yeah. No, it's uh, Sleepy Joe, right? That's what they call him. Yeah. That's what Travis Trump was very good at nicknames, Sleepy Joe. I know, right? I kind of miss that. Simpler <laughs> times, right? Trump's, like, you know, for all his flaws, we're definitely simpler times, politically speaking. You know, no war and just orange man bad, and that's it, right? Yeah, no, but he was going to start World War Three, Right. But now everybody's begging for World War Three. It's so weird. The clown world is very perplexing. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, all of a sudden it's like, everybody's like critical thinking just out the window. It's like, you know, when, when countries are sort of at war with each other, like there's no saints, right? It's, you know, there's just population suffering, but you know, it's not like, you know. That's the thing that pisses me off. Like it feels like what's going on and what has been going on. It's like a, pro a massive proxy war 
on the global stage. Totally. We're just collateral damage. We're oh, it's always been like that, right? I mean, yeah. But you know, the petrodollar was it's officially over. It's just gonna take a little while to wind down, but it's over. Do you think it's officially over? Oh yeah. I mean, they they announced that foreign reserves don't don't are not really sovereign anymore, right? They're yeah. just gonna, you know, please take your money and go. And uh and then now Saudi Arabia, you know, says that they're not gonna like they're looking to the yuan. I mean, just for them to say that out loud, it's like it's essentially like them hint hint. Yeah. It's over. It's over. It's a good thing. I mean, like petrodollar is bad for America. I agree. I agree. I mean, Triffin's dilemma is, is real and we're definitely coming to the end of the dilemma that Triffin laid out, which is all right, over the next number of decades, you're going to hollow out your manufacturing base and inflate the dollar, but it's going to end bad. Good, good short term. It was a good run, long-term. you know, bomb the few countries, you know, some misery. Uh, yeah. It was a good run. Uh, yeah. It, uh, Brought democracy across yeah. the world. You're going to have this democracy story. <laughs> if you want it or not, freedom. <laughs> Here, put some ink on your fingertip. You got democracy. Okay? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you see this evolving? Oh, man. it's This one is going to be hard to see how it plays out. Yeah. There's um, many ways it could go. I, I, I am... I'm pretty... I, I mean, so Putin killed COVID... Putin killed self-made inflation. I, I think Putin is like sort of like the perfect cover for them to wind this off a little bit. It's a softer landing, right? Because people won't freak out. Mm-hmm. Everybody's now busy with, you know, Ukrainian like sports cars with machine guns on top of them. And, you know, that cool president actor guy. And He's literally an actor. Yeah. Comedian. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and it's impossible to know what the fuck is going on there, like for real. Yeah, I have no it's idea. Like, <laughs> I've stopped trying to even. Yeah, it's moved on. Like, what, what's the next issue? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> of like of the world, right? Like, <laughs> I think they're trying to bring COVID back. I've been seeing Ooh. tweets about a new variant. Okay, they should call it a like the Sputnik or something like something <laughs> Russian. Like, yeah, it's a. Uh... I mean, obviously, we believe that Bitcoin should be the, the monetary system that people transition to, but it's probably not going to happen right away. No, it, it, this this is you know remember right like Bitcoin is what, like eight hundred thousand eight hundred million sorry eight hundred billion billion, uh like that's like a rounding error on most like treasury trades kind of thing like yeah. you know like it really is nothing right, but what's really cool is that being so little also gives all the little men like a chance to front run the system right um so the more people we get into bitcoin now the better it is for them it's gonna happen it's inevitable like there's no there's nothing else right you're gonna like buy gold how many bars of gold can you put in your butt to go on an airplane (laughs) you know like like uh, so you know at the current gold price like you know for for somebody to take real money out, it would be like a toddler's worth of weight. Like you can't get through an airport with that. Like they'll see it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. It's a there really is nothing else. Well, even like so that I mean, you're you're talking about like escaping with your wealth, but even on the international trade, international like commodities trade, like, what's going to happen if Saudi Arabia is talking to China about uh, doing? oil sales in yuan and pricing them in yuan and settling them in yuan 
maybe it'll do the same thing with Russia. Rubles and what you have is you basically have just like currency barter taken to a whole nother level. And that's very inefficient, right? So like in Bitcoin, in that sense, even though, yes, it is extremely small on a relative basis at $800 billion, it theoretically is much cleaner of a solution for these trades. Oh, yeah. I mean, but but that's sort of later on. You know, governments are not going to let go of the money printer. Right? They're just going to come up with the next one and just keep on going like that. I mean, especially when you're talking about foreign trade, right? They want to be able to devalue or or revalue their currency to to play that. Um, you know, it's going to get weird. Maybe. Do we, do we see 400 uh, uh, barrel oil? By summer? Ooh, I don't think 400. I don't know. You think it gets that high? It could. I mean, depends on how, how this guy's played this. I mean, <laughs> it was, I filled up my car before I came here today, 465 a gallon in Texas, yeah. which is unheard of. Parker Lewis texted me two weeks ago and he's like, $4 gas in Texas. That's spooky. It's up 65 cents since then. Do we have like an inflation adjusted, official inflation adjusted? A price of gas versus like, you know, the 90s or the 70s kind of thing. So some of those. I don't know. Shadow stats might have it if you want to look that up, Car. Um, inflation adjusted gas prices. But yeah. Because, you know, maybe maybe the four bucks right now on the tank, it's like, you know, it's, it's not really that high yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, in the 90s, gas was what? Like below a dollar. Yeah. And then, and then what was it? Was it the 70s that we had the... the, the 70s was like, yeah, you where you yeah. had the... Uh, Rationing and everything. Yeah, and you had uh, Volker. That's right. Jack up rates to 18%. He tried. <laughs> he tried. They raised rates today at the Fed, apparently. <sighs> yeah, I mean, the problem is like at the current foreign debt, like, you know, they could raise it to like, what? 30% still not going to make a dent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, you know, go 50%. Nope. Like, there is nothing you can do. It's It's done. Like... The world ended, economically speaking, in 2008. We just sort of kicking that down the line, like, you know, just. How much further can they kick it? That's I don't know, question. man. I don't put them, like, these guys are smart. They, right. They'll sell their grand, grand, grandchildren's future <laughs> just so they can get reelected. <laughs> like, they'll go all the way, Marty. <laughs> well, when it comes to Fed chairman, they, they don't even get elected, right? I think with them, it's just they don't want to be like, the one holding the hot potato when it like blows up. Yeah, but you know that the, the politicians that influence them too, right? Like say, hey, listen, you know, yeah. election is coming. The market needs to pump. Yeah. But like again, like we maybe we find ourselves in this very unique situation. Again, we have a president who's losing his mind. We have a <laughs> vice president who is completely idiotic. She's completely unfit for the job. J.O. for you. J.O. for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, she's weird. <laughs> she's weird. And then they have the Speaker of the House third in line. We're not, we're, you know, Secretary of State third in line. I don't know. Nancy Pelosi is who I'm talking about. She, like, is going through dementia as well in front of everybody. It's like, it's a, and the confidence is a big game. Right? It's a big part How of this. How they don't have, like, age, like, limits for people or, like, just term limits? Yes. You know, like, what happened to term limits you know is this a dictatorship these people just keep on going over and over and over and over and so how do they like, keep getting voted in like that's my question like how is elizabeth warren people in massachusetts still getting voted in as that, that's a weird one yeah she's like also another psychopath right like total yeah. sociopath liar like she's a native american dude. You yeah right that? i think i have more native american in me than she does i think you might as well yeah 
She, I think she literally took the blood test. Trump like goaded her and was taking the blood test yeah. and there was nothing. Like, yeah. I think like a thousandth of a percent. Does that count for taxes? <laughs> that's know. the real question, right? I don't know. I mean, I think it should. I think there is like a ratio. Yeah, I, I, think, I, think, I think it should. So we are all, you know, indigenous of some place at some point in time. Mm -hmm. So we should all just be tax exempt. I think so as well. I'll run on that. I'll vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> Are there age limits in uh, in Canada? No, no. What about term limits? Uh, no. So, so prime ministers are just the leader of the party, right? We don't have presidents, mm -hmm. right? So, so they can just keep on running. I think, I think max is that we've seen so far is about three full terms mm -hmm. of of the sitting of the parliament. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Pierre's uh, in the process of. Becoming the leader of the for party. the leader of the party. Yeah, right? so essentially it's our primaries are kind of going on right now where um, they're all sort of going around asking the party members because you have to be a party member to vote mm -hmm. who's going to be the party leader, right? Because he's an MP. He's essentially a sitting congressman equivalent kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, so he's running. And he likes Bitcoin. He's, uh, he's a real Bitcoiner. Like he's, he's a fan of Safe's book. Like legit, like, I mean, you saw that speech where he teaches about money, right? Like, yeah, it's where is that like the picnic table? And no, there was another one. Like he, he, he did one on the floor on the floor. Yeah. That one was like, that was, that was, that was good. And for some reason, I remember a video of him like walking through like a meadow, like by a picnic table. But you know, like money. the average person does not give a flying fuck about the, like the parliament or what's going on in parliament or politicians or anything. It's just, you know, we are over politicized through like, you know, Twitter and things like that. But like the average person, like has absolutely no clue. What do you, what do you think the average person cares about in Canada? Right now? I mean, house with price, like, you know, homes in, in Toronto are going up like 28% per year. Are people scared? I don't or think people, I think, I think people are just sort of like desensitized. They have no idea. That like the the rug was pulled under, and they're sort of just like trying to live their lives. One thing I noticed though, so last year, um, you know, COVID, insanity, blah blah blah. Um, you know, people were buying a lot of shit, right? Like you saw the Amazon boxes, because that's how I know the economy is going in and out, like by the amount of Amazon boxes on the on on garbage day on my street, mm -hmm. right? And there was insane amounts of stuff right but like man this year it's like barely any like you can see like people are starting to get tighter on cash right because you know how do you afford like beef going up like 20 percent or whatever right like it's it's rough man for the average person like things are getting tough and it seems like here in america i'll speak from an american perspective they're only trying to make it tougher policy well but the thing is you know like the people are a little bit to blame here right i mean they want the free shit like free services right and where do how do politicians get elected promising free stuff how do they pay for the free stuff they print yeah <laughs> like well it's not even just the free stuff like when you talk about energy policy here yeah like there's that about, too you know, like there's somebody came out this week like no more drilling on federal land which is a terrible policy <laughs> uh, like they're at, like, hey, how's it working for Germany? <laughs> right? <laughs> Gas prices are going up. Go, that, it was actually poetic this week. You had change come out and be like, Gas prices are going up. You should buy an electric vehicle. Then, not two days later, Tesla raised all the prices to their cars <laughs> on their website. <laughs> I mean, 
you know, even for us, I mean, like manufacturers, like they'll send us like, you know, their, their memos, you know, like all the time about different things, supply chains or whatever. Right. And it's like, oh, and we are also doing a five to 15% cross board increase in all the parts. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, you know, it's not like there's an alternative and it's actually pretty small when you think about real inflation. Right. Yeah. So um, what, what is your uh, breakdown of the current supply chain situation? Worsening, getting better. Well, things were were definitely improving, right? Um, aside from cost, I mean, last year was a disaster. Um, you know, it got to a point where like things were costing three, four times its own cost in just shipping from China, right? It adds up, yeah, because um, we have to repass that customer, right? Um, now, the things were getting better, but China is still in this COVID zero insanity. Mm-hmm. They just closed down China until March 21st. Yes, yeah, Shenzhen's completely shut yeah. down, right? Yeah. So I wanted to get like a, a new keypad done for the, the, the Mark IV. And it's like like with a slightly different design on it. And, you know, I just can't. I'm going to have to use the, the inventory I have in this current style. Like, because the turnaround is going to just push us back. Yeah. And this is... It's insane. It's a conversation. We've, you've been here for a few days and we've been having this conversation. And one of the conversations we had is like, all right, how do we bring this back to the U.S.? Is it even possible? No. And the way you describe Shenzhen completely blew No, it's like, imagine a place the size of like a major American state and there is a factory butt to butt with another and each of them has like 300,000 people in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like, you know, you have all the inputs too, right? So like, you're going to have like a factory that makes the chemicals that you're not even allowed to make it in America, right? Like just, you just can't make the chemical here, right? And then you need the chemical- From a, from a regulatory perspective. Yeah, exactly, right? So then you need that chemical to mix with another chemical that you're also not allowed to make, that then goes to just wash some parts that they make, the machine that makes the other parts. It's just like the intricacy of, of manufacturing of modern devices, like, you know, just like hyperbolically speaking, like, you know, it probably costs like $100,000 to make an Apple laptop. In, in North America with all the proper regulations on every single part of the process, right? Because remember, this is not just assembly, right? Like you still have to make the packages of the chips, you have to make the silicon, you have to, the tin for the PCB, like, you know, the gold layer that goes on top of it, like the plastics, the glues, the glasses, the aluminums, and then the machines that cut the aluminum, the machines that laser the aluminum and, and the, the wash of the aluminum. Like, it's just so insane. It's just, you know, and China does not exist without North America either. Yes. Right? Like it's totally symbiotic now, right? I mean, we're way past this nation state bullshit that we pretend to have, like, you know, you do some stuff here, you do some stuff in Taiwan, you do some stuff in like in in uh, Vietnam or whatever, and then he goes there and then he gets some processes done there and then goes back somewhere else, right? Um, you know, a lot of American cars are essentially like their parts are sent to Canada that then gets processed there on some, some process and then goes back to America. Um, you know, the sooner that people stop with the whole like statism around this stuff, like the better, like, then we start to move somewhere. All right. So how do you, how would you describe the statism around the stuff? And what would your ideal solution of moving away from that look like? Well, I mean, you know, you have to go to a real free trade, right? It's like, you don't want to be paying like 
import tax on a part that's going to come in and then go out. And there is ways around that, but it's super complicated. You have like economic trade zones and stuff like that in the country. Yeah. I mean, you know, let us just do business. Like, stay out of our <laughs> lives. Like, really? It really is that simple. You know, like everybody wants to do business. You know, Chinese people love doing business. They're super capitalist there, right? And and it's so weird that like North America is way more like commie around business than, right? than there, right? Um, they're super pragmatic there. Um, super engineering. Like, you know, you have all, everybody has a STEM degree there. You know, you're like starting your new factory that's going to do whatever. And, you know, you just posted a newspaper. Like I need manufacturing engineering for this one specific weird thing, right? I'm sure you're going to have a hundred thousand people line up in front of the thing for an interview. Right. Um, we, yeah, we simply don't have that here in North America. Yeah. I mean, we, we can send them with our English majors, <laughs> like, you know, like no, no, nothing against it, but like, it's just, you know, you, what are you going to produce? Like yeah. more bad news, like on, on Buzzfeed. Yeah. It's, uh, then you go into like the whole thing. Like, have we, been color revolution into degrading and stupefying our our population i don't know man like north america still makes the best software like you know china can make hardware but they can't do software i mean every single like even higher end chinese products that they're not even north american market they have a lot of cool stuff there um the software is atrocious yeah, absolutely atrocious. Do you think that's a pure language barrier thing? Like actually having to write the software in English? It's probably or? cultural. Like, you know, the same, you know, the same way they, they're like very focused on, you know, they have like 50 years now of trying to build manufacturing, 100 years trying to build manufacturing, right? Like it's like they now have like this massive amount of population that does tech in a certain way. Right? They have their own ways of sharing like sort of like a, a IP around like what they make between factories that are friends of each other kind of in their own sort of version of open source in a way. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know, like they're just the, the engineers, they're like really good. Yeah. Um, but not, not the software, man. That's crazy how specialized it is. Cool. Like, yeah. Apparently they have surpassed North America with like machine learning stuff. Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Like, do you think we, like, I think we need to distribute the supply chain more. That's not possible because it's too inefficient, right? Um, remember, you know, especially if we keep on going with all this stupidity around energy, right? You know, it costs money to move physical things, right? This is not like, you know, a bunch of dudes building a photo sharing app and they're like sharing ideas on Slack, right? Sharing information is nearly free, but like, you know, even us, like we don't have an office. So like when we're developing stuff, like hardware wise, right. We still like ship between each other because we're too lazy to drive around. But like, you know, <laughs> we just like, you know, seriously, sometimes like put a part in a taxi, <laughs> send it to somebody else's house. Um, but you have to physically send something for somebody else to do something with it, right. Mm -hmm. Task or whatever. Um, so if you decentralize the manufacturing, like the, the compounding effect of that, like extra mile, just an extra mile is insane. So yeah. You actually want to consolidate further. You just want to have more hubs maybe making similar things, but that's also inefficiency, right? Yeah. No, it's crazy to think what like rising gas prices are going to do for like, we thought we had a problem man. over the last year. You know, we getting emails from all the, the courier services, right? So DHL, FedEx, UPS, all that thing like that. 
price going up, price going up, price going up, you know, because what I think it happened last year was just like us, uh, you know, this is maybe momentarily, you know, like I, I already have parts from previous year that were a good price. So maybe we're going to eat some of that loss inside from, from the margin right? Mm -hmm. that you make on the product. But, it, you know, when you're dealing with like consumer electronics or other things that the margins may be thinner, right? Or cars, um, there's only so much that they can eat the margin, right? So they're going to start pushing price up, but nobody wants to be the one that pushes the price up, right? Because your competitors are going to sell more if they're cheaper. Yeah. So everybody's sort of like doing this stare off game. And then it's like, you know, eventually everybody's just, it's just going to pop. Yeah. I mean, it's starting to happen again. Like Tesla just raised their prices. Yep. I'm sure like seeing the, all the precious metals and industrial metals going I mean, crazy. Is just imagine farmers now, right? Because, you know, Russia produces what, like 60% of the world's ammonia nitrate. You know, especially for modern agriculture, like you need a lot of that stuff. You, you know, it's fertilizer. Yeah, right? yeah. You need a lot of that stuff. And, you know, they already bought next year's crops fertilizer, mm -hmm. uh, but they're going to start building the price, right? So they might actually have to raise the prices already to be able to afford the next sort of purchase, right? Um, food cost is going to just like, it's going to be insane by the end of this year. It already is. No, we, I don't think we haven't even like started to I know. see. <laughs> like, I know. We're talking about like two, three X for stuff. <sighs> it's fucking scary shit, man. You know, maybe, maybe this is the lesson that, you know, comes in it's, without paying. I don't think people are going to move on from, from the printer tits, right? Like it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it isn't, it's, it's the whole weak men create hard times. Yeah. The hard times seem to be upon us. Yeah. I mean, and then there's all this weird dynamic too, right? I mean, you know, you're like in Brazil and, and, you know, you see some guy like super, like, you know, not wealthy person, like they really sort of like somebody who struggles, right? Living in a favela. With a latest iPhone. <laughs> like, <laughs> holy shit, man. It's like, you know, it's, it's so weird. It is just absolutely, it's so weird. Yeah. This is like the relative comfort of a poor person today compared to like a poor person a hundred years ago. It's crazy. Better. It's absolutely crazy. Like the, the imbalance of the dynamic, right? That people have, what they don't have. Yeah. And well, that's what we were talking again when we were getting barbecue on Wednesday night. I think me and Pierre like, had like a little side conversation. Like people are going to have to learn how to fix stuff. Like the yeah. fact that we can get like a $200 washing machine. That's yeah, pretty the, crazy. Yeah. It's like, you know, just, just think about this. Like, yeah, that was my example. The, 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 think about a stacked uh, washer dryer, right? I, I think on sale, Right. And like a lower brand, you can probably get it for two, 300 bucks. One of those, right. Just the weight in steel of that thing. I do. I cannot comprehend how they can make that device with margin for two, 300 bucks. Right. Like, so as, as things go up in price now, just the transportation of that machine, everything it's, it's the price going to go up so high. So everybody's going to yeah, have to like fix things because you can't just throw away. Yeah. So they're going to have to make it better and pay even a higher price because, you know, quality things cost more. Yeah. I'm willing to pay more for quality. Yeah. I mean, you know, have less stuff of more quality. That's why I like, that's why I like your product. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice segue there. <laughs> no, but it's, 
I mean, that's something we've we've talked about on the show before in the past. Like, it's crazy. Like, I have, like, my grandmother, I'm pretty sure she had a blender that she bought in, like, the 50s that, like, lasted until, like, a decade ago. Yeah. It's, you know, um, what was the name of the food processor? Uh, There is one that's like a... KitchenAid? Yeah. No. Uh, Anyways, there's one that's like a staple, right? Like, Mm. if you bought it, like, way back in the day... You know, you just never break. And the same one that looks exactly the same, they still sell. You know, it's, it breaks. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's not cheap. Yeah. It's probably KitchenAid. Yeah. They look industrial. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's like labor cost and QA cost and materials. Like, you know, you could do things with materials that you can't anymore because of the environment, right? Like, you know, there's all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, like how much is this ESG environmental bullshit fucking up things as well? Well, I mean, <sighs> it's perturbing the free trade it's that just, you were describing it's, earlier. It's so insidious and it's so many levels, right? They're like it's it's even hard to quantify it. It ruins everything. How would you describe its insidiousness? Well, I mean, just think about like each step of manufacturing, for example, right? Like you know, the glass cannot use arsenic, or you know, you don't get one of the stamps of approval, right? some plastics that are probably better can't be used, you know? So then like you have to either, you know, because physical things are physical, you can't cheat physics. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about materials, they're going to have like either cost, right. Or, or like capacity of withstanding something. Right. Or you have to, to change the chemistry that might be bad, right. For people or for process or environment or whatever. Right. So like you, you can't, like you're still bound by physics there, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, Apple sells premium devices. So what they do is they just go up in price and then they invent a better material. Yeah. That costs more. Yeah. Right. And, and it provides you with similar, uh, like, like similar uh, uh, aspects that the other does. But then, but then you look at like the ones that are not premium devices, they have to go shittier. <laughs> right? Like and then everything breaks. Yes. Yeah. That's what it feels like an iPhone versus like a Pixel. Yeah, yeah. Phone feels a lot. Better. You can tell. I mean, like, you yeah. know, like, so this guy is like, you know, they, they, there was this one company that could make sapphire glass in big enough quantity it, with this amazing tech. They, they go and they buy the, the factory, the IP and everything. And now they probably one of the biggest producers of sapphire glass. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a good product. It is degrading though a little bit on the software side of things. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, all the good old guys with beards probably like, Retiring and leaving. Yeah. You know, like Max are original Unix, you know, it's like Darwin, it's free BSD. Yeah. Well, BSD, but yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <clears throat> I need a new Mac. My uh, 2014 MacBook Pro is dying. It's becoming incredibly slow. Bat- yeah. The battery does not work anymore. When are we going to get longer battery life? Oh, man. Battery tech is so depressing. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they've been promising us some. Some yeah. cool new tech. There is like interesting new tech. It's just the power density is very low, right? There's that LifePo 2. So like, it's like a, just a different electrolyte in there that's like safe. So it doesn't explode like lithium batteries. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know what the ratio is, but like you need a lot more volume to store the same amount of energy. Yeah, that's, good. Yeah, that's the thing I don't get. Like make my phone like half a centimeter thicker. I don't care. <laughs> just give me a lot more battery. Just let me let it last for a week and not a day. That would yeah. be incredible. This fetish with like thinner and thinner and thinner devices, I really don't get. That was the other thing you were talking about. It may have been last night or the night before, but 
just like the diversity of phone design yeah that used to exist it's just not there anymore yeah i mean that that the jobs uh, uh presentation of the the iphone i mean you know people don't appreciate that like there were no touch devices before the iphone the touch was invented for the iphone yeah like the idea that you could like take a keyboard out right uh, remember how long people kept the yeah. blackberries because the tech took a long time you know and the and then there was a palm pilot with so like yeah, the stylus the palm pilot was shit. maybe the first like attempt at it but it was terrible yeah it's like awful and you pretend to write the letters and they show it was just awful um yeah i had all those devices it used to be fun to buy phones because they're always like different yeah you get the chocolate, you had the razor, you had uh, like yeah. the spin up and flip, the straight flip, the slide. But you know, this this happens with like any new invention, right? Like, you know, when when cars came out, right? Like when people, like there were like hundreds of car companies trying all kinds of weird stuff. But then you find an optimal design that that really solves the utilitarian problem of the thing, right? Mm -hmm. and, and then that's it. Like everybody's gonna move on that direction and then it's just that's it. It's just one more thing we've commoditized. Yeah. You have your pickup trucks, you have your four-door sedan, you have your, yeah. your midsize. There's a few different designs. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's just that's just how evolution works, right? Like you get like at a critical point in design and it's okay. Get you from A to B, that's all that matters. Yeah. Allows you to store stuff in it that you need to store, it's all that matters. Yeah. And then, you know, if you really want to go all mall ninja, you can get your Civic and add all the, the things to it. Yeah. And the Cybertruck, are you a big Cybertruck fan? I have a weird relationship with that car. I kind of, kind of find it awesome. At the same time, it's like, <laughs> I, you know, if it came out exactly like that, I'd probably get one because mm -hmm. it would probably scratch the each that I that I have to like getting a, a Humvee, original Humvee. I always wanted one of those. Mm -hmm. Don't have a place to put it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I kind of feel like the Cybertruck will give the same vibe. Do you think it ever comes to market? I think they will water down the design. And, yeah. Yeah. It was weird. I, I don't ride Teslas often. Like I took an Uber. Mm -hmm. Teslas feel cheap. Yeah. It's weird. It really feels cheap. Right? Yeah. 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 It's got that like, you know, kids toys. It feels like a pixel. Yeah. It's got that, that Fiat vibe. To yeah. It. I actually saw, uh, it was in the Whole Foods parking lot and was going to my car to put the groceries away. And there was a Honda Prius backing up uh, into the the lane in the the parking lot and then there was a, a tesla backing up at the same time they crashed into each other they didn't stop each other no i was trying to wave other. i was <laughs> waving at the lady in the prius like oh you guys are coming and just pff, ran into each other prius is fine tesla was pretty fucked up well that's that's well i mean cars nowadays are designed to absorb all the impact right yeah so like, but like they i mean you're, you're talking about like people maybe going five miles an hour uh, like come on right i mean yeah Take a little. <laughs> uh, how do you how do you view building your products so they don't so they 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 last? Like I can stick an open dime up my butt, pull it out, and like plug it in. It's funny. Um, like is this how long is this thing gonna last? Uh, you know, it's hard to tell, but we 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 have sort of like two tracks, right, of thinking. Like, so cold card is trying to be secure, right, and security is a moving target. So the plan is make something good, right? The last, but we will keep on improving the security and improving the security is just not software, right? It requires hardware changes too. So we have to create the new thing to, to evolve on that. So we try to make it like a price point 
set of trade-offs that like, you know, hundred something bucks is very cheap for you to defend your money, <laughs> right? I mean, you pay more of that in bank fees per year and you probably hold less money in your bank account. But buying 15 CDs is much cheaper. Right. Oh boy, the Wookiee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry to interrupt. No, uh, uh, I mean, the Wookiee is always funny. Uh, it's like Clippy. You should make it pop up on the screen there. Um, and, uh, um, you know, but we use like high quality polycarbonate plastic, right? To be clear and like, you know, use a thick PCB board and, you know, product has a soul, right? Like, like to put the details on the PCB. It does have a soul. This, uh -huh. thing, this thing has a soul. Right? Like yeah. it, it has a feel to it. And if so with these things, we try to make them like, like, you know, we hope it lasts a long time, right? Like yeah. we, we try to, to make them like be quality, well-made. Yeah. Um, it's all made in Canada. Um, you know, the open dime, it fails forward. So like, you know, if there is any problems with it, it's, it's going to probably fail before you deposit any money on it. So, mm -hmm. you know, so far, all the, the issues there's been were people who, you know, accidentally sort of, you know, ran their cars over or like over an open dime or, you know, and they send it to our lab and, you know, we take it out. It's designed to be that way. I mean, I can't promise you that we can do it, but so far it's been success. I've had an open dime go through the uh, the laundry and I was able to, yeah. to plug it in successfully. You know, electronics can take a lot. I mean, you know, they're baked at like 200, 200 degrees, 300 degrees, depending on the part, you know, some parts are much higher, but they're designed to take it and then they're like washed, mm -hmm. right? Like after they get soldering to get, you know, so it's like these things do go through some, the problem is them going to order like on because that's when you get a short wait what was that like you you can't put electronics that are like on right they have power going through them in water that's oh, that that's really sense. one yeah but yeah. you know they're always off so yeah yeah well and it seems like your your product suite is expanding beyond like direct electronics i mean you're showing me the demo of the, oh, yeah, the cards card. yeah yeah the, the cards are cool because um they they allow us to finally like lower the price point. Mm -hmm. Like, because you know, it's, it's a lot less parts. It's just one chip and antenna inside plastic. Right. Uh, so it's like an NFC. It's like kind of like a hotel key. Right. Um, and all the logic and everything lives in just one chip. Right. Um, so we can make a fairly like resilient, cheap product. Right. That's like, you know, semi disposable in a way. Right. Um, yeah. How do these products work? So you have the, uh, the signer, the tap signer, and the SATS card. Yeah. So um, I did like a whole Livera episode where like we go through like each part of it. Mm -hmm. um, if people want to hear about the technical part of it, but it's essentially like, you know, hotel card. Uh, and uh, you, we still need wallet integration, right? So like blue wallets and whatever. Um, mm -hmm. We actually have a bounty, $25,000 uh, for somebody to make an SDK in React.js for, uh, for the, the NFC implementation for the phone wallets. Oh, yeah. Um, but then essentially, like, you just tap, right? There you go. You tap and the deposit address shows up and verified. It's like... It's great. It's like magic. It is. It's like, NFC is just... It's so cool, so cheap, and it's already on everything, right? It's like, 
it's such an underutilized technology, right? I mean, you know, in Canada, we have had tap for credit cards for a long time. You guys, have, you guys mm -hmm. leapfrog that here in America with the phone tapping for credit cards, right? Mm -hmm. It's so much pleasant, like more pleasant experience. Oh, so, it's... you know, the same now with the cards. It's like, you know, the tap center is like, a, it's an actual harder wallet, right? I mean, it's a different set of trade-offs security, of course. You know, it's not your cold card, but, you know, for smaller amounts or for multi-sig, it's like you have a cheap thing that you tap and that's it. And so, yeah, so how does it work? What's going on? Okay. So with the, the sets card, um, so similar to an open dime, similar yeah, concept. It's a, it's an open dime yeah. with 10 slots. So you're going to be able to reuse it 10 times. Okay. Uh, and there is a, a, a pin on the back. Uh, so, you know, when you want to spend, you tell the wallet, I want to sweep. And then it's going to ask for the pin on the card to unlock the private key. Mm -hmm. And then it sweeps just like open dime does. So if you just flash that with the QR code and the pin, can somebody watching this sweep that? No, no. Okay. No. It'd have to tap. Okay. Right? Yes. Uh, there's a handshake that happens. So you tap and the phone, the wallet on your phone is yes. what's allowing you to. Yes. It's, it's, it's asking, say, give me the private key. Yes. And, and the card is going to say, okay, give me the pin. Okay. Right? Yes. And that's how it unlocks. And then with the, the tap signer, uh, similar, but like for any Bitcoin transaction, right? Essentially, it blind signs anything with a pin. You can change the pin. You can you can also back up the private key. It comes out encrypted. <clears throat> and so you can save it in your cloud. What's a what's a hypothetical like user scenario with that? Like multi is multi sig yeah. for this? Or? Yeah. So so like say for example, you know, you're using a. a you know, like a, a wallet that, that does like multi-sig where they have one key, kind of like Mon or something like the Moon or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, you could have an extra authentication, right? Or, or like really an extra signer where you tap. So, because here's what happens, right? Outside North America, uh, people are not going to be able to afford a $100 to $100 uh, device um, with, uh, uh, for, for them to, to sign transactions, right? Realistically speaking, right? So we need something cheaper. Um, and if they have it on your phone wallet, you know, and they're out on the street, you know, you're gonna get mugged. The guy's gonna say, well, you know, everybody has Bitcoin now. Like, give me your Bitcoin from your phone. With this, they, you know, I left my card at home. Yeah. I can't sign. Yeah. Right? And then for the multi-sig part, like you can have like, you know, like, you know, say a white label version of this for Unchained, right? And then it's like, you have one more private key and this private key, this card is resilient, right? So you toss this in a safe deposit box somewhere, right? And you have one more key that you don't have to deal with, um, you know, and this is just Bitcoin signing. So you could sign messages too. Mm -hmm. So people want to use this for their safe, for their safes, right? Or for whatever NFC thing you want, as long as you can do Bitcoin spec. It's a signing thing. Yeah. So your mobile wallet would basically just be like a skeleton wallet. And then you can prove like, all right, I have this. Or you can have a key, but it's like, say, a 202 yeah. or a 203, and you have another backup somewhere else. Yeah. So like, you know, you just can't sign. Or, you know, you want to open closed channels, you know, for, for Lightning, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So this is an example of something that, like I would have never thought of like coming to market like whenever whenever I thought like of the evolution of bitcoin wallets and interaction with your private keys something like this never came to mind like being able to have a card and like and so like a technology like NFC making this possible is pretty yeah because you know cards all the smart cards were had contacts right so you need a chip reader 
mm-hmm. right? That you're not going to have a cheap reader on your phone, yeah. right? Uh, so that's why they resolved the NFC problem, right? Like the contactless stuff so that you could have cards that don't have contacts and, and you could go tap around and do your thing. It's still essentially proof of presence, right? Because you need to be close to it to, to, to read. And then the CVC, which credit cards have been using for you know, half a century, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a pin that really guarantees that. So like, you know, we're going to ship these with like a sleeve, uh, uh, RF sleeve, so that it doesn't get red, but, even like if, a Faraday cage. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, you know, say you don't use it in your wallet. Most wallets nowadays have protection, mm-hmm. but like say yours don't, right? And somebody just taps you in the butt, you know, at the subway or something, right? Uh, you know, they still need the pin. Yeah. So they can't really. It's a layer of protection. It. Exactly. Uh, the, uh, it's fascinating stuff. It really is. I mean, NFC is magic. It, it really is magic. <laughs> it is. I love it. Where it's, so like, what's worst case scenario? Like NFC, like how robust is NFC? Is there a potential where like somehow the NFC, I'm completely ignorant to this. The NFC protocol could get, like get corrupted across all. No, 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 no it's local, right? Okay. So like it, it has nothing to do with the, with the cloud. Okay. <laughs> like it, it's like, it's a radio on your phone. And this is essentially like, kind of like a radio that gets like by, uh, Essentially, there's a coil that makes the it powers this up because it doesn't have a battery, right? Mm-hmm. So, essentially, by an induction, it, it creates a field that powers the chip and then does this thing. Okay, right? so it's radio communication. Yeah, which is pretty robust. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 pretty. You know, like it's like just go to a hotel, right? I mean, the the cards always work, right? yeah. unless they cancel your keys. <laughs> <laughs> There's no potential of that with this, obviously. Yeah. 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 The the design space seems to be expanding for for Bitcoin wallets and interactions with the Bitcoin protocol. We were talking about Square's hardware wallet's been getting a lot of flack, but you said you're happy just like that people are doing things differently. Yeah, I mean, like stop making the same shit. Like, like, go make something else, like completely different. You know, like, you know, I don't think Square's wallet is going to be a wallet that most Bitcoiners are going to use, but I think it's a wallet that like, you know, a billion people could use. Yeah. Right. So it's a completely different thing. I mean, it's like people with different amounts of money, different needs, different countries. Right. Um, it's the same with this. I mean, you know, realistically speaking, you know, I'm, I'm personally not going to put a bunch of money, you know, in a, in a phone wallet, which people shouldn't use for a lot of money anyways. You know what I mean? Like, tap around like yeah. no i mean you know i'm still gonna use my cold card code for real money right it's you know and and i really think that people just have multiple devices right many of them like yeah. you know i have a cold card for operations right like for for like the spending money of the company and then i have for the cold storage of the company and then i have it for cold storage myself you know what i mean like you just have a lot of them that's that they have different thresholds you know i'm not gonna like I'm okay putting the USB one for, you know, for spending money, whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the thing about that too. Like how do we, the UX around that wallet management is similar. Like I have a, a cold card for the business. I have one for personal life, one for multi-sig, like just track, but yeah. like, like tracking all that and the, the practice around that. Be 85 helps a lot how so 
Well, you can have one original seed that's like very, oh, yeah. very cold that then sort of like seeds other devices, right? Yes, but it's, it's even the, but it's also like tracking that. Just yeah. Like without having to like, without putting in like a Google spreadsheet. Well, I like, mean, being your own bank comes with responsibilities, I right? I mean, when you think about it. Like, but are there services that can be provided that make it easier and give you more peace of mind? Mm, yeah. Yeah. There's always going to be a trade-off, right? I mean, you know, collaborative multisig, right? It's great. It really is. But, you know, you're sharing your, your, your money. Flaxman had a nice spec for, uh, for doing uh, um, some blind key thing where essentially. Yes. Uh, I really like this one. Yeah, I, I can't remember the, the, the exact spec. Essentially, but, but essentially it was like you could get into a multi-sig where you create a, a parent private key and then you can spin off another HD wallet below that. Oh yeah, it was BIP32. It's deterministic private keys. Yeah. Uh, so, so then you can give private keys to your family, right? but they don't know how much money there is. Yeah, they don't know the balance. Yeah. Until, but at, if you're ever in a pinch and you yep. need them to sign for something, they can they do can. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of drawbacks to that too. You know, seeing the money helps, you know, it's, you know, another thing too is that, you know, people should not have, you know, um, uh, like watch only wallets on their phone for real money either, right? Because if the bad guy knows how much money you have, he knows how much to punch you. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, yeah. So even if you don't have the signing capability, you know, and also, I mean, like phones are fully, fully backdoored and everything else, right? So like, you know, the phone is a place for you to have like wallet money, yeah. right? You don't carry your life savings in your wallet in cash, no, right? So, you know, most people who are handling real money are doing that on a computer. They're going to have probably a cleaner computer and they're going to do it that way, right? I mean, it's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, this idea that people are going to just do everything on their phone, you know, it's silly like you know that's cool and all for your spending money but you know once you know you want accounting you need notes you know like it, it, it's like a real thing yeah right you need to secure that data yeah it's not gonna happen on your phone exactly like you know it's like i, I don't like the the sort of like uh, one solution fits all for things when people get arguing about wallets it's just it's silly right because Different people have different needs, and most people have many different needs at the same time, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm one of those people. Somebody like runs a business that accepts Bitcoin, it's like invoicing. People are streaming us Bitcoin right now as they're listening to this oh, podcast. Yeah? Like, we need somebody to build an accounting system for podcasting 2.0. Oh man, it, oh, man, Bitcoin accounting is rough. Yes, oh, those those basis costs of you know because like. <clears throat> You know, or shopping cart, right? It's like, you know, it's part of the revenue is Bitcoin, part of the revenue is credit card, right? Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> it's not fun. Make it legal tender and just make, just let us, let us do our thing, please. No, I mean, especially for paying invoices, paying people, right? I mean, like doing cap gains every time you pay like a stupid small thing is really, really makes it difficult. Yeah. It could get better. It will. It I will, because there's no, there's no alternative. There is none. So I was talking about Luke Roman earlier this week. I don't necessarily think the politicians are going to do it, but if you think of the game theoretical thing, and Luke described game theoretically, people at the Department of Defense here in the United States, people at the in like the NSA, 
and other intelligence agencies that are like wargaming, like how the geopolitical chessboard unfolds. Yes, we don't, obviously we don't like the NSA. It's a dragnet surveillance <laughs> intelligence agency, but they do have the capability to, again, play this game th theory through. And his sources in, in the defense industry are like, yeah, like actually like the game theoretical move that the U.S. should move make is is accepting bitcoin it's like having americans uh, just thrive in the bitcoin standard you know when politicians let them, let them run yeah when politicians have bitcoin in their pockets they're not gonna like go after it because they're going after their own it's, it's like you just look at the best way of looking at this like look well, at it's, it's not even like the politicians incentives it's purely like okay Sure. Like we're getting fucked in the reserve currency status and these countries are going to try and create their own reserve currencies. The way to trump card them is to be like, actually, Bitcoin is cool. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm very skeptical because they still want the money printer. They're just going to want a different one. They're going to want to come up with something else. Well, uh, no, the option of... There, yes, there is going to be another Monty printer, but it's not going to be theirs. And so, like, would you rather there be a money printer you can't control or... Fucked up. I think you're just gonna have both. It's like you're gonna have like you know government shitcoin of some sort, right? And then you're gonna have Bitcoin, and they're gonna have to have Bitcoin because that's like it's gonna be the the thing where value is stored, right? Yeah. But like, but just like the the moat that we get right from politicians having the asset is very helpful to move things forward in a better way for us, right? Uh, at least in the transitory period. Mm -hmm. So, so like, you know, look at what politicians can do with equities. It's like criminal. Right? <laughs> it's totally criminal, right? Because they have a lot of equities. They are not going to close loopholes or do whatever. Like they're just going to, you know, create this very complex scenario where they can do stuff and get away with it. Right. Once they have Bitcoin, they're going to do the same. Right. And, and like once more Bitcoin, uh, uh, public traded companies have Bitcoin in their treasuries as well, you know, politicians don't get reelected. If they tank the market, so if a lot of this, they, you know, if a lot of these companies have Bitcoin, they can't fuck with Bitcoin because market goes down. So it's a beautiful game theory right there. Right? It's all moat. You have uh, some deterministic optimism right now. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it is deterministic, man. What do you mean by this? So describe that to the freaks. So it's just this concept that, like, you know, based on an input, right? Like you understand what's the next number going to be, right? Kind of like how bitcoin works right so we know which address is going to be created next based on an index because we have a function that does that based on, on an input right? a secret mm -hmm. so uh I, I i i feel like nature works this way everything works this way right you have a certain determinism right uh that things will happen in a certain way because you can't cheat physics physics are physics it's just you, you can call the pronouns whatever you want, but like, you, you know, there's a certain way. You have a dick. Right? <laughs> no, but there's a certain way in which nature works. We can create whatever constructs we want around it, right? Um, but like, you know, the tree is going to grow. Yes. Right? So, so, you know, Bitcoin is this new entity that exists now, right? Like you have a fauna, flora, whatever, right? But like you have now this thing based on math that is self-sufficient as long as we feed it electricity, right? Like, <laughs> and, and what's really cool about that is that it's totally deterministic as well, right? Because we have deterministic uh, supply, right? We have, uh, the math of it is deterministic as well, right? 
And, and you know, that's that's the optimism there, right? Like, I mean, there, there is there is no other way for us to to resolve our our near future uh, without it, really. I mean, and do you do you see any scenario in which we stop feeding it electricity? I mean, technically speaking, even if we lost, like, you know, a lot of the mining wouldn't matter as long as somebody else cannot have it. Yeah. So I, there's always going to be countries that don't like you, right? So they will go there. Like, look at Snowden, right? He went to Russia, <laughs> right? Like, because countries are going to act antagonistically to each other, right? And, you know, if U.S. doesn't like Bitcoin, well, Russia is going to like Bitcoin. Yeah. If Russia doesn't like Bitcoin, well, U.S. likes Bitcoin, yeah. right? So that's that's just how humans work, and we can't escape that, right? So Bitcoin really plays to this to the most like sort of basic ways humans perform around like economics, right? Yeah, I just hope we don't fuck it up here in the U.S. I, things here are going surprisingly well. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course they're gonna try to like cuck it, right? Like you know, <laughs> but. They can't really, right? So, so they're gonna do a bunch of stuff, right? It could get a lot worse, but it's not like gonna succeed long term. It's right? gonna slow things down and annoy people. Yeah, work. it's just it's just gonna be nonsense, right? It's kind of like flying. Like they can't prevent people from flying. So what do they do? They make you like strip. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like go through machines that cause cancer. You know, all kinds of shit. Right? Like, uh, but you're still flying. Yeah. Right. Um, and. Uh, um, you know, I think, I don't know, I'm very hopeful. I think we're just going to have like some growing pains, right? We're going to have some short-sighted moves, but at the end we win. Right? We already won. It's just people are just catching up to it. Yeah, just not everybody realizes it. How, sitting today, March 17th, 2022, somebody who's been in the industry and building in the industry for shit, like almost a decade now, right? And over a decade. Over a decade. Like how would you imagine that Bitcoin is where it is today over a decade ago when you started building? I mean, it's just so funny, right? Because back in the early days of Bitcoin, it's like you look at this shit, it's like bad shit crazy and there's absolutely no way it's going to work. It's almost better if you came into Bitcoin a little later. Mm-hmm. Like in the 2012s, 2013s kind of thing. Because like at least there's like, you know, like there's there's a narrative there is some education stuff, right? But in you know, magical internet money. Like, I mean, this this is retarded. <laughs> it's not gonna go anywhere, right? And here we are, right? Where every single world geopolitical sort of like event that happens has a Bitcoin story on it. Like it's it's amazing. Um, you know, we used to believe Bitcoin was for payments. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, you're you're saying that last night. Yeah, yeah. it's only trace that was that I remember the only, one of the only people saying is the story of value, right? I mean, yeah. um, and you know, we were making payment terminals. How stupid is that? Um, and you know, it's fine. We learn, right? And and things sort of evolve. And I, I think I think we all have a much better understanding of what this new thing is, and and it's sort of doing well. Um, it's a lot of fun. You know, the people working on it are absolutely brilliant. Um, it's, it's, you know, and it pays. It's like, it's a monetary thing. It's like, it's money handling thing. It's not a toy, right? It's, that's the cool thing about it. It's like, it really is not a toy. It's not a photo sharing app. It's not like, you know, it, it's like, it's a, it's a tangible, meaningful thing to people. Yeah. 
has <laughs> Bitcoin's tangible. It's kind of funny. <laughs> the, it, it has, I mean, it's, yeah, it's like it's industrial in, in a sense. Like, it's, not, it's certainly not a toy. It's industrial in the sense that you have to respect it. It's fully utilitarian, it. right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's it. It's like, you know, you can push your, your, your artistic words into an op return, right? But like, mm. but the thing is utilitarian and, and it's just so cool to see like smart, people working on a thing that helps humanity for change and two like a thing that that has like it's pure intent is economical it's financial right so like if you just do the thing right like you make money mm -hmm. so it monetizes everything right um in a in a sort of like more sort of moral way in a way like it's immoral but at the same time it's just like it's a much more future looking thing right just the high the, the time preference is just it's aligned with the future right yeah. um yeah it's just so cool which is another thing people is hacking bitcoin for its energy use like you got to think about the second and third order effects as well I, I mean i think the first order effect of bitcoin using a lot of, of electricity is actually a good thing it makes us more energy efficient but Lowering of time preference really shifts the opportunity cost of energy expenditure at the in, in real time. I mean, you know, Germany, right? I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, I mean, who turns off nuclear reactors because of like a screaming autistic child on TV? Like, well, they started it before in, in their defense. Yeah, they started true. it like 20 years ago before she was even born. You know, it's so sad, right? Because most of reactors, I'm not energy expert or anything like that. But like, as I understand, most of them are like, you know, 50s technology. Like we don't even have scale, like new nuclear technology in deployed. Yeah. Uh, look up the the Adams curve car, please. But like, I think because I just think the, uh, believe it's the Adams curve. But uh, I mean, this this chart just like shows how how bad uh we fucked up the energy like the like energy, society runs on energy it drives me insane i'm supposed to have a flying car okay <laughs> with a with a triple a nuclear reactor i want like we're like triple a size nuclear reactors okay so like it's like i have them even to power old devices because they make the voltage right you know, like, <laughs> it's like i can power my like 80s walkman with like a nuclear reactor right that is the way it was supposed to be. Like, it's just so silly. Yeah, no, it's really, it's really silly. And I'm sorry, I have my phone out because I'm looking for this. Here, I've got it right here. I'll text it to you, Car. But like this, so this chart um, that we're about to pull up, it shows at some point around 1971, we, uh, we just fucked up how we use energy. And like, like we, we went astray. Somehow, all right. Just, just I mean, you have something you. like as remarkable as the the Manhattan Project, right? Like, absolutely remarkable what they did in the span of time that they did. Oh, by the way, supply chains on that is kind of funny. Okay, so do you know how I was saying that like you can't just make things just because you want to make the things, even if you have the money to make the things? Yes, you still need very complex supply chains and the right people and all that stuff. Like Americans were using German lathes. To do some of the parts for that project. German because what? Lafes. Oh, lafes. Right? And, and because they're precise in a certain way. And like, so they still had to sneak those in. Like, they couldn't just make the lafes at any cost in America. They'd be right? like, all right, we're anti-Germany, but can you just send us the lafes? Right? Please? Like, yeah. it, it's, it's amazing. 
right? Like that you can't you can't escape those things. Yeah. So this is the curve I was talking about. Look at this. Look at that. What's the blue line represent car? And the red line? Yeah. So the Henry Adams curve. That's what yeah, it's the Henry Adams curve. Um I believe he was a descendant of of the Adams, uh, President Adams here in the United States. But he had his curve. It says like, yeah, as population's growing, you're going to need energy to grow with it, which the red line is what it's supposed to be. And again, it so, flopped. At some point in 1971, it just flatlined. It's so sad, right? Because we need more energy use. We want to use all the energy, everything and more, right? Because human using energy means humans flourishing, yes. right? Like it's like, we want to make more things, use more things, you know, it's like, sure. You have to be smart about like, you know, all the materials you use and you know, how things are going to be handled after like end of life, whatever. But like, but the point is more use more stuff. Yeah. Like, but this, how, so how do we, how do we get that narrative? As obviously we have Malthusian fear spells that have taken yeah. over the world. We're bad. Humans are bad. Why do we get to use energy? Well, the, the good thing is there's natural selection happening right now. Right? Like, have those like those people holding signs, you know, like we are the carbon we want to end, right? Yeah. Like or like don't have babies. Great, don't have babies. <laughs> you know, I I was joking, right? That I, I'm on this like now mission. I'm not gonna. It's like Bitcoiners cannot retire, and Bitcoiners have to reproduce. Yes. It, it, it's like this is how you win. <laughs> there's there's a lot of Bitcoiners on the sidelines right now. Are just like eh, they're smart. We need them. Yes, go produce and reproduce. Yes, <laughs> Jimmy Song gave a, a very uh, compelling speech last night about why you should reproduce and how women, especially, um, should take pride in reproducing. It's such a beautiful gift that you give the world. It's amazing. Like you have a little bioreactor there that makes clones. Like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, I mean, when you think about the complexity of something like that, we still like, you know, like we can't make like animals in a vial, like through the whole process that are not very simple ones, right? Like the, the idea we can produce a human <laughs> inside another human, it's like to go. It's crazy. Like, like, it's, it's insane. No, it is funny. It's, uh, what we were alluding to earlier is there were people at the, on the corner here at six in Congress, like right outside the Bitcoin Commons, holding up these signs like "Stop having kids." Do it was, if you believe that. Don't have kids. I got enraged though. Like first, like yeah. and it was just like purely like environmentalists, like thinking that's a good message to send. Like, how have we gotten so fucked up that we think that like humans are bad? Yeah, but it's like you know, it's like the idea of like impossible meats and things like that, right? Mm -hmm. Like. You already have a a a, a bio reactor thing that makes energy dense, sorry, uh, nutrient dense food. It's called a cow, <laughs> or I mean a steer, because you eat the steer. But like, mm -hmm. you know, like this thing goes out there with its whatever, like seven stomachs. How many stomachs? Eight, eight stomachs. I well, in amount of stomachs, ruminates all the celluloids, right? Cellulose, and like takes all the nutrients and then, you know, stores it for you for when you're ready to eat it, right? Like, but they're burping, they're burping, right? They're, bur they're burping too much. We need to murder them all. But then like, and then we go try to like eat their food. <laughs> I mean, it's, I listen, I like a salad here and there. It's nice. It's color, right? But like, that's, that's my food's food. 
<laughs> right? Like, I mean, because I cannot process cellulose, right? Like, it's like, we we don't process that stuff, right? No. It, it, this idea of like, you know, a doctor telling you, have metamuso, like, it's, it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> the food pyramid is one of the biggest psyops in human history. Totally, right? I mean, like, eat this crap that's going to literally kill you. <laughs> literally. It's going to give you diabetes and kill you. Eat. 12 servings of this and uh, once one or two serving meat, maybe once or twice a week. I mean, we can go like full Nazi Germany and say like, hey, you, you know, without this like a health passport and identifies you, you cannot enter this this establishment, right? But like for a virus, it's not going to kill like anybody who's like, you know, like in some form of shape. Yes. Right. But then we can't call people fatty. Like, yeah. like close your mouth, like. You know, like that, you just lose weight and then you're not at risk. So, like, you know, if we're okay with Vax passports, we should be okay with telling people what to eat. You're telling people like how to prevent themselves. Both are wrong. I mean, I think people should just be free to be as big as they want and sort of like, and also make their own medical choices. But like, you want logical consistency if you're telling them, please, right? Like a little bit. Yeah. That's the, you can't expect that in the clown world, though. No, clown world has really, uh, I love that meme. It's just so perfect. Shout out to uh, Ben Kaufman yeah. for taking the meme and running with it. Clown World today. It's because uh, there is no other way to describe it, right? Like it's just so beyond because you know it's always been sort of government narrative, whatever narrative, right? Mm. But like we got to a point now that's just so. It's like you're it's watching. A joke. Yeah, it's literally a joke. But it, and I also think it's a poor. It's actually a very important meme where I think one of the avenues, one of the most effective avenues of getting away from the clown world is making fun of it. And so like highlighting, yeah. like, like ridicule does go a long way. It does affect people. It does change. It, it does. I, I think we've crossed a certain line now where you cannot argue. In, like It's just so absurd. The thing that they're presenting you with that you, you can't even engage, right? Like as like, you know, you're wrong here and there, or like, this is not exactly that or whatever. Like, you just can't rationally engage, like, because it's just so clown world. It's just so absurd. They're like, the only thing to say is like, are you an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> like, really? Like, I, I, I can't, I can't really interact with like many friends anymore. Or like, it's just, just how do you handle it? And it allows you to like not waste time, right? It's just like, yes. you're a clown. No, I'm not going to sit here and debate you back and forth. Like it, it is pure clown world. If you don't yeah. recognize that, you're a clown. I'm going to go back to building important shit that actually matters. You know, props to Udi because you know it's it's the same with the have fun staying poor meme. It's yeah. like you know it gets to a point where it's like, fine, yeah, <laughs> this information's out there. You, you know, like, but but it really is Bitcoin that allows us that to say you're an idiot, yeah. right? Because you cannot be canceled. It's the fuck you money aspect of it. It really is. Like, it's this capacity of being, you know, economically capable of not being destitute, right? Because that's what they do. Yeah. If you make fun of them too hard in the and you're stuck in the traditional system, they cut you off. Call I mean, you if, a Nazi, misogynist, transphobic. You know, if you honk too hard in Ottawa, like, that's a crime. <laughs> if you honk twice, if you honk honk, you're saying hail Hitler. That's right. Like, where hail... do they get this shit from? <laughs> Just because they found it on 4chan or, or like on like Urban Dictionary, oh, it doesn't mean it's true. It goes back to like the white supremacy oh thing. Oh my God. When 4chan, remember that? Yeah. Like you can't make this shit up. Right. It, it, it's, uh, you know, I guess if it wasn't for Bitcoin, I'd be crying. <laughs> I can't imagine a world without Bitcoin. I mean, that's, I mean, 
Oh, like, what do you do? Like, you buy gold? I, I honestly And think, you try not to get the platform with, like, gold bars? I honestly <laughs> think, like, we just, like, digital panoptica. We literally either devolve into, like, a Mad Max scenario where everybody's just Hunger Games slaves. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, like, people don't want freedom, right? Just a better sell. Like, <laughs> right. really, like, people don't want responsibility. Like, you know, like, just look at the amount of people, like, you know, they get gifted Bitcoin, they lose it. Why should people want responsibility? Oh, man, I, I don't have an answer to that. Like, you know, I can only speak for myself. I like it. Right. <laughs> like, no, but it's like you, you, the freedom, right? Like, it's like I, I can do things, invent things or whatever, think things. It's fulfilling. Yeah, but it does. It's like it's more pain, right? Like it's more like work. It's like, and I think a lot of people just don't want that. No, no pain, no no gain, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it is. Are we destined to just have a certain amount of people just not wanting responsibility? But, but I think it's also inherent to humans, right? Like, I mean, yeah. you know, humans want, like, we need governance, not government. <laughs> right? Like, you know, people need to to find ways of finding consensus and sort of and optimizing things too, right? You don't want everybody deciding on stuff, but like. You know, if government wasn't so much in your life, you wouldn't care about politics as much. Right. <laughs> right. It's pretty simple, really. Um, but like, you know, they control every single f aspect of your life. So now you have to fight everybody because their choices will impact you. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, people, um, people will prefer deferring the the that responsibility to somebody else who may be better at that responsibility than themselves. And or maybe they're not even better at that responsibility. They're just sociopathic enough. That's to be the like, idea. I'll choose for right. Yeah. <laughs> the idea is you outsource <laughs> things, you know, to people who are better at the thing than you are, right? Mm. Um but it clearly doesn't work. Like democracy ran its course yeah it was a cool experiment and all but it ran its course like you know we need the next thing well that's uh that's controversial to say we're trying to spread democracy was it the the cbc was running this piece saying that like freedom is uh, a bad thing it's like, a right-wing term it's a right-wing term yes what what happened to the lefties that were like the people for freedom right i mean free like, speech free speech was their their shtick Mm -hmm. Right, like all these things, like freedom of of body autonomy and all this stuff, and all of a sudden it's like well, anti-war. Now it's like nukes, nukes, nukes. You know, like <laughs> yeah. vax, 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 and uh, shut the hell up. Right, like you're not allowed to say that. <laughs> it's just so weird. Words are violence. Yeah, words have no meaning anymore. Yeah, it's uh, but you, you know when when people go work in sciences, right? Like you, you can't do those things because you know the table doesn't care what you think right like yeah, if you're yeah. making the table you need to make the table to have legs yes. <laughs> like and if you don't believe in legs the table is not gonna be there it's, it's not like, gonna be a table <laughs> yeah like it's just so weird <sighs> but it's getting better like is I, it I, getting better the, the pendulum is swinging i think you think so yeah why do you think so i mean you know, you just, I think, I think the COVID stuff sort of was the last sort of big push, you know, the Ukraine thing a little bit, but you know, the war stuff, you know, listen, 
they got people into Iraq for WMDs, right? So yeah. the war thing is like a true and tried lie that's going to be with us forever, right? Like mm -hmm. we're always going to have a new war to go fight. But the COVID thing was interesting because I think it was like, you really sort of show separated people in society, like the people who will follow. I ended up in Texas. I ended up in Austin, right? Texas. And it's fair. I mean, like, especially in the beginning of something is happening, right? There's no information. People get confused. Yeah, we had a, I mean, remember the first episode we had, we were talking about like what masks to wear. Listen, I'm a pandemic. prepper, right? So like, yeah. you know, there's shit going on. I prep. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you do research and you figure out and you resolve it, right? Um, and then information comes in and you sort of, you adjust. know, adjust and change, right? Yeah. But, you know, you give a crisis to a politician, right? I mean, you know, that's all they want. So they're going to amplify, amplify, amplify. And, and you could really see that people that will follow along, people who aren't. Um, but I think we really found a lot more people who don't go along with government narratives who are from different camps, mm -hmm. right? So like you have like, you know, the vegans who are not for like vaccines, mm -hmm. right? Together with the meat people <laughs> who are not, you, you know? Yeah. So like you find these new alliances, right? And, and it's interesting because even if you start fighting again over all the things, they will still have an understanding that you, you do have like a capacity of thinking for yourself, right? So there's a newfound respect for, for different sort of subgroups. Um, I think that that was a nice thing. Yeah, it's almost like, so we have like, everybody's been pushed to like a hyperpolar uh, perspective. And now it seems like it's gotten so hyperpolarized that people are like meeting on the other side, like in the middle of like, oh, fuck. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's like, and it keeps on going back and forth like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was, it was, it's, like, it's the same with the, the, the Trudeau thing. These things are like gifts in a way, right? It's if you, if you survive them, right? Like economically mm -hmm. speaking or bodily speaking, right? Um, because, you know, this is politicians showing how far they'll go, right? Like, and, and that's a very important thing to know. Yeah. What I just hope is that people are like the sunk cost isn't so deep with people's dependence and trust in politicians that they can back away and be like, you know what, I don't need you. That's why, I mean, again, with COVID too, like states asserting their autonomy was very you good know, to see. Here's a good example. So Canada had like insane vaccination rates, right? super high, right? Super low children vaccination rates. The parents were like, fuck no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> nope. Right? So, so it's, it, it, but you see there, right? Like even people who may follow Right, the narrative and sort of like you know, they have a limit. people people still have some critical thinking left, right? I mean, um, and there's only so long you can drag these people along, right? Um, now they're trying to create this whole like all these new mask narratives about just being cohesion in society and all this shit, right? It's insane. Yeah, keep it forever, keep it on, do it. You know, it's good because now we know. Yeah, like it's like let's further uh, uh, sort of like you know separate. Uh, like, so we know where people stand and yeah. And who to avoid. And you know, it's so cool. You go inside Ubers and you say, you just tell the driver, like, listen, you know, I really don't care if you wear a mask. Right. Yeah. And they're like, so gladly take it uh, off. Well then I got one last week where the guy was like, where's your mask? I was like, I'm not wearing a mask. And he was like, uh, how do I know you're not vaccinated? I was like, I'm not vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this lie that they sold, like, you know, if you're vaccinated somehow you don't transmit, like, it's just, it's just so fucking dumb. <laughs> like the whole thing is just so bad. 
it's it's completely illogical to like a child. Well, and, and especially if you consider the fact that, I mean, what they marketed in the beginning, it, it turned out to be nowhere near that. Yeah, I mean, you know, but like, you know, for an older person, maybe it makes sense. Go get vaccine. Who cares? Yeah. Right. Like, it's just can we just stop talking about people's medicals? The choices, like, yeah. go back to that. Your body, your choice. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. But it is, uh, it's crazy. People clinging on. Like, that Uber driver, too. He was like, yeah, the pandemic's been treacherous. Like, I'm still very scared. Like, yeah. Driving but, an Uber. I mean, but, you know, think about it, right? I mean, people were scared shitless. I was in the very beginning. I mean, like, I was sticking thermometers up my butt. Like. And, and then people were like, like banging this message for two years. Yeah. Like, I mean, people were scared, yeah. like neurotic scared, right? Like, it's hard to walk back from that. Yeah. It's going to take, like, people are PTSD from it. I know. Yeah. It's, uh, it, uh, think about what it did to the kids, too. That's, that's the scariest thing. Yeah, no, I had the red line there. I'm like, kids are not gonna Same. wear a mask, period. No, my nope. <laughs> my son is not wearing one, but I, I mean, I have. If you want to take a flight to the kid, you have to. Yeah, well, I, I, he's my son will never wear a mask. Yep. Well, it's like fine. Then kids are not flying. You know? yeah. It's like, but I know I have very, I have children very close to me who were forced to wear a mask and did, and now that even though they don't have to wear one, they have like this. Uh, this mental crutch with it that they need to wear it. You know, I made sure to always like say to my kids, like, and this is a three and a half year old, right? Like, like, so daddy, why are you wearing a mask? It's idiotic, <laughs> but I cannot enter this establishment if I don't wear one. Yeah. Like, you know, I, 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 you know, like it's complicated, right? Because like there's, there's a, up to a certain level that you can stand your ground, right? Let's put it this way that like, and, and become like, you know, you got to function society to a certain extent, right? And but at least I wanted him to know that is idiotic, yes. <laughs> you know, like deep in there. Yeah, and not like not be the parent, like, hey, this is just so you protect people from getting a virus. Exactly. Like, no, it's like them think that you know. At least you're gonna get the honest narrative. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you like? It's like speech, kids' speech, developmental years. Like trying to mask like three to five year olds. I mean, have you tried running with a mask? Uh, no, you can't, right? So, like, imagine kids just run all day. Like, yeah. <laughs> they, they run all day and they're snotting in it. Yeah. You think those masks are clean? Oh, it's it's absolutely disgusting. Ah, fuck COVID. Put in Q COVID, so we're done with that. I don't know, man. I think they're trying to bring it back. Uh, they'll try, but I, I, I don't think it's like they can. No. I mean, they would have to, like, you know, really do another carping videos, but in North America or something, you know, yeah, yeah. people falling on the street. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, crazy times. Hopefully that was the, the, uh, the height of the pendulum swinging in that direction. Yeah. I think we're, we're moving back to good old war. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like economy goes to shit. Evade some country. <laughs> like, I mean, really like it's a classic. Yeah. I mean, he goes back. Yeah. Way, way, way oh. back. Oh, the ancient Rome times. That's right. Yeah. I mean, way, way <clears throat> before that. You know, <clears throat> things are not good at home, you know, oh. go kick the tent of another like tribe, you know, yeah. it's like. Yeah, the plebs are hungry. They're restless. Yeah. Let's, let's send them to. That's right. The, the Gallic Wars. But it's, you know, it's a much more pleasant. Uh, it's awful, but it's a lot better than COVID. <laughs> what do you mean by that? 
You know, in terms of a narrative that you have to to sort of like accept oh, in your life. Yeah, it's easier. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at least four. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have like, you know, tens of thousands of years of human evolution that just made us accept war like, yeah. to a certain extent, right? There's always going to be friction. I thought Bitcoin fixes war. Yeah, it's complicated. Yeah. I don't think, I think it, it does-ish. I mean, it, it does change the dynamic of like invading places and things. But. Yeah. And it reduces the need for that friction, right? Especially if it's... A currency tied to electricity and energy. Like, you don't have to go. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, if you don't have to go, like, get the energy or get whatever resource you're going to go, because you know, countries, modern countries, don't go invade countries to get stuff aside from oil. Really, yeah. I know actually that's not true. I mean, Africa is a fucking disaster because of special lithium minerals and cobalt and all that stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, things that make electric cars. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about those trade-offs. Yeah, no. I mean, why would you talk about that? And the Russian, uh, or excuse me, uh, gun dealers. But straws are bad. Straws are bad. The paper straws. Or there's nothing more infuriating. Than oh man, I, yeah, those things are awful. And and they're like, they don't. They're actually worse for the environment, right? Yeah, I mean, it's why well, it's the same with the, the 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 bags for supermarkets, right? So a paper bag is like something like 90 times worse for the environment. You have, actually, sorry, you'd have to reuse a paper bag, I think 90 times to be the equivalent of a plastic bag because of weight and transportation and everything else because mm -hmm. it costs energy, yeah. right? So the paper bag actually pollutes more unless you reuse it 90 times. Yeah, I don't think Keep on does. refolding that paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> That's not happening. It's... Uh, you're gonna do right and these nuanced explanations of things there i mean you look at the, the amount of like garbage masks everywhere in the world you know, that's it's, the, yeah it's it's disgusting thing. yeah one thing that was like sensical to me is like just make the plastic lid so you don't need a straw and you can just sip it like this right or er, more ergonomic in that sense right yeah yeah oh man but things are getting better marty we need bitcoiners to build we do, we need if you're on the sideline as a bitcoiner go build something please go build something really it's a lot of money to be made like what is the opportunity here you think what's the size of the world's economy yeah like i mean really like if you're inventing a money that's the prize right that there is the payment stuff there's the, the the store of value stuff you know like there's many places to go so if somebody got to start early and you would you would Explain that you started with the wrong thing, maybe made mistakes early on with the, uh, yeah. the payment stuff. You happy that you started early? Yeah. I mean, it's been fun. Like, I mean, imagine working on other, like, I can't imagine be working on other stuff. Like, yeah, it's been pretty surreal this week, just being in the studio, having you in town, Jimmy's out there. Just the moon's hanging out. Right? It's essentially like Bitcoin Twitter, but like in person. Yeah. It's and it's actually funny. better too, because you yeah. have like nuanced conversations. That's right. Uh, I think there, I think a lot of good shit's going to come out of the commons in terms of production and quality conversations and shit like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, you know, humans like need in person yes. conversations, right? Like we do. It is a lot of fun. Like, you know, the conference hopping thing, you know, gets old or whatever, but like, but the fun part of all this, this events is always sort of like, you know, you go and you like have conversations with people you've known for years, 
that you only see like once in a in a while in person you know, and all that. Those side conversations really are like the the prize yeah. of all the stuff. It's extremely fulfilling. And you were saying this last night too. It's crazy when you do get like even like the first time you meet. It's like you just know. I mean, it's like you've been sort of talking to each other in some way or another, right? For like years. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden you just meet, but it's like, you know each other. And you don't even necessarily have to like talk to each other. You just like like each other's tweets or like retweet. Like, oh, I've been retweeting your stuff for years. And it's like, oh, I've noticed you retweeting my stuff for years. Yeah. But you know, it's like, it's like when you're having a conversation, right? Mm. Like with a few people, it's like you're nodding. You're smiling, right? Like it's very similar to the liking and whatever. That's why Twitter works. It's like a public square. Yeah. Right. And, and like you're, you are having a conversation, even if you're just liking somebody's posts. Right. And, and then you have all the much better version of that in person. Right. Um, much better than clubhouse. Yeah. Clubhouse was, was fun, but it was weird. Are you still on it? No. Yeah. Neither am I. I, I, yeah. I mean, like, I don't even do spaces either. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's nice to like do some spaces where we like talk to the customers and sort of like have people. That makes sort of, sense. Like, I've, oh, oh, that's the one caveat I'll throw in there. I did like Clubhouse when it was a very specific topic. Yeah. Like that was predetermined and there was a curation at who was discussing yeah. it. It was fun sort of like, because it, it had been a long time since I was like sort of talking to noobs 101 kind of thing. Yeah, that was a little, that, that was, that was an interesting thing. Like the Bitcoin weekly meetup was fun, but then like it turned into like, you're just answering the same Yeah, question. I mean, you know, explaining things simply again to people who have no idea. That was, it was nice, but you know, there's only so many days you can yeah. do that for. And then it's like, okay. Yeah, you can, <laughs> you can only explain gauge theory so many times before. <laughs> I can't believe those people showed up there and like, Join the conversation. Hey, hey, hey. Gauge theory fixes this. That's right. Now we need to change Bitcoin so that it fits gauge theory, right? Yes. Isn't that the... I understand Bitcoin, but I, I'm here to fix it. Word solid works, man. Word solid works. Techno babble, man. Yeah. Shitcoins exist, so that's proof of that. No, I mean, but shitcoins at least have like, hey, they have like truly sort of optimize definancing suckers, right? Like, I mean, it is incredible how good they are at taking money from people. <laughs> like, it's incredible. Hey, you, you put it in here, you wrap it, you throw it over here, you get APY. And then and I get it. That, and then, it's like, and then I take it. <laughs> it's like, are we missing something there though? I, you know, so here's the thing, right? I think there is a huge, huge market um, demand for, you know, creating financialized products, right? Like you can't deny that, right? Uh, I think, you know, a lot of the shit coins essentially trying to address that, but in a scammy way, uh, they're not doing what they claim to do. Mm -hmm. But, and Bitcoin cannot address those things either. Not at least not on base layer, right? So, but what people maybe don't get is that this stuff is a tiny market of the store of value market, mm -hmm. right? So Bitcoin is trying to address this, right? The shit coins are trying to address this, but they have marketing budgets because they're trying to sell to people. Mm -hmm. So they sound like they're this big. Yeah. And Bitcoin sounds like it's this big, yeah. <laughs> right? But he, so, so it creates this weird dynamic, right? It really does. Yeah, but I mean, you said uh, joking, like D financial, like does Bitcoin 
reduce the need for a lot of these exotic financialized products. There's well, like obviously people are going to need mortgages or are going to want to take loans out and stuff like that, but do. But it's more than that, right? So <clears throat> the, the thing is like, you know, you have to pick which window of looking at Bitcoin you're talking about, right? If we're talking about post hyper Bitcoinization, it's a different story, right? Like we don't know, don't even know what that looks like, mm -hmm. how cash flow is going to work. We don't know. But like now and in the foreseeable near future, we need like, you know, if you don't have money, you cannot withstand volatility, mm -hmm. right? So you need stable coin. Yeah. Right. Like it's a necessary thing. Like you're already poor. <laughs> like, yeah. <clears throat> what? So you're going to just like keep your float and like try to trade it like you can't. Right. So <clears throat> the stable coins do provide a service. They make sense to me. Right. <clears throat> and then we're going to have more of these things that resolve these immediate problems. Right. And, and they do. Uh, it's just that a lot of the stuff is really not sound. Right. They're really on top of like house of cards. Right. Uh, some of them will fail. Some of them won't. I mean, you look, Tether's still around. Right. I mean, they, the FUD has been all kinds of stuff, but they're still around. It's Tether's one of the, the toughest companies <laughs> in it's, the world. It's amazing that they have the U S government on their necks yeah, for years. It's hard. And they do this without going to jail. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and it comes with sets of trade-offs, right? Is the Bitcoin price manipulated by Tether? Right. It's so like, I mean, they probably do have an outsized impact. But it's not like manipulation is not a thing that exists. There is actors in a market and they're going to act on their self-interest. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's in everybody's interest to try to move the market too. Yeah. It's, well, there's two ways to put it. Manipulation <laughs> doesn't exist or everything is manipulation. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So, oh, you, you just bought a coffee with Bitcoin. You're manipulating the mempool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the next FUD is the. But people love that. Uh, love that Tether FUD line. Yeah, I mean, it's like the the the, the mempool fund, right? With the fees, the fees are going to keep them small because people will now understand the Bitcoin is for savings. <laughs> they're not going to spend. It's Gresham's law, right? I mean, they're going to spend all the shittier things. They're going to burn their furniture for heat before they sell their Bitcoin. But think of the long term security. It doesn't matter. We're secure enough, <laughs> right? No, I agree. I mean, and that's hey, we discussed this as well. We've had a lot of discussions. Uh, people really discount the fact that there is revenue outside the block reward or there can be if you are a creative miner you do a lot of stuff without waste heat which can produce revenue that exists outside the block reward which increases your threshold for mining what then there's going to be a whole industry for like mining transactions that big mining pools are not allowed to oh yeah you know, they're just, they're going to charge, you know, like 10x, whatever is the, the, the fee, the going fee, right? And they're going to mine the block, the transactions that, you know, the other miners won't. They're going to get rewarded handsomely for that. Yes. It, you know, it's, it's spontaneous order, right? Like, I mean, it's like the markets, we will figure this out. Yeah. Do you worry at all about like the massive mega mines that are sprouting up here in the U.S.? Uh, it, you know, it's, it's a weird one, right? Because it's great. It's a good thing. But at the same time, it's like the only fear I have is, you know, those are the weapons, right? So like, you know, if government goes and takes them, they could do some serious damage. So, you know, maybe they just need a way of uh, self-destructing them, you know? They just, I mean, it's pretty easy to, to destroy them. 
Yeah. You just have a drone fly over the EMP poles and watch your magnetic poles. No, I mean, it could do even better. Right? Just have the miners look for an op return or something. <laughs> you know, and then they just they go like they turn off their own fans and go hundred percent and poof. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, so like, how would that work? So, so, somebody, so like you'd have to change, right? Like the because right now they only look at yeah. They, right now they only look for block headers, right? Yeah. But let's say they start like watching the 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 chain to a certain extent in there, right? And then you just you know if you make a transaction that has a certain op return, they just go in self destruct mode. Yeah. Know? The government seizes it. You go. Construct an opportune transaction broadcast. It gets mine. That's it. Man, that's creative, right? I never thought of that. I mean, it could be a terrible idea too. I, you know, somebody would need to explore this further. <laughs> I think maybe the EMP attack is probably more. EMP realistic. is not. You know, you need a lot of power to do those things. I mean, I don't think you fit in a drone. No, no. Now, you, you, to kill a mine, something like that, you need a lot of power. Yeah, that's why. I mean, I think. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's much easier to just hack it in and turn off all the fans. That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, like you want to destroy a miner, just turn off the fan. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd have to backdoor your own. Then you're like open yourself if somebody gets access to your systems yeah. and they manipulate oh. you there. Trade-offs, trade-offs, trade-offs. Trade right. That's why I like off-grid. What are your thoughts on off-grid mining? Am I crazy for mining off-grid? No, it's great. I mean, if if the if if it's economically viable to you, do it. I mean, like <laughs> There is a bunch of guys buying uh, like oil wells, right? And they, they do the, they actually take the oil out and then they plug them in on, on a miner for, for the gas that's left, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, do both. Like, I'm involved in some of that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great thing. Stranded energy, right? Yeah. Use it. And I think like it's much harder to co-opt those operations if they're distributed. Unless they're on LTE. Yeah. <laughs> you were describing this to me. Yeah. Anything that has an LTE mold in is very easy to triangulate, right? And what was your solution? Just do long range Wi Fi. Yeah. You set it up. Yeah. Yeah. Professional long range Wi Fi. Yeah. It's a lot harder to find. It will, that won't mess up. I mean, latency is not like the massive problem, but. No, it's still pretty fast. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there's going to be Stratum version three and version four and new stuff. You know, these things yeah. are going to get a lot better. Yeah. That's a crazy thing. Like, did Satoshi think about everything? Is it even when you just think about mining, being able to do it in these disparate locations, like the amount of data needed to send a hash to a pool is so minuscule. Yeah, I mean, I'm still bitter about the fact that we doubled the block size. Yeah, you're saying this too. You know, it's just, it's just, you know, if the block size was like, you know, a megabyte or so, like you can, you know, we would go buy all the AM radio stations from all the failing radio stations, right? Mm -hmm. And just broadcast like blocks. How? And then you with like a $10 device can download the blocks. Like it's just in this worldwide sort of like reach, completely decentralized. Do you think that's big enough? There's a big enough uh, draw to, because you'd have to hard fork to make the blocks. Oh yeah, no, it's not going to happen. No, we're just going to have to get clever and find another way of doing it. Yeah. How do, <laughs> how do we get clever with this? I, I mean, it is possible to broadcast a full block on HF in, in like in less than 10 minutes, but it's, it's, but you know, it's not reliable. It's, it's complicated, right? So 
if you're really putting it forward a correction there and like, you know, building, you know, like a lot of redundancies for each period, like you want the data to be as small as possible, right? But, you know, it could be broadcasting like block headers to start. There's like, I don't know, there's smarter people than, than me that does like this kind of protocol work to, to come up with something. Well, that's what I was just going to say. How the fuck are you this fucking smart? You know so much about so many different things. It would be like supply chain, hardware, running a business, hunting, <laughs> prepping. I mean, you know, you just... You're a modern day read, renaissance man, sir. Read. No, I mean, you know, like I work with very smart people, right? I mean, like, you know, like... Doc Hacks is like absolutely beast. I mean, like, you know, he's the man who does most of like cold card firmware, right? Like a lot of our hardware design. It's like, you know, we just, we just talk and figure out stuff. But you guys are unethical now that you're close to us. Right. What are you doing? Let's touch on that. What, uh, what is the beef? What do people attack you? What? I, I think, I think the problem is like most of the people who, most of the people don't understand licenses, right? Mm -hmm. No clue. Uh, and then people are fed sort of like a misunderstanding or a narrow understanding of licenses so that, you know, people can sort of convey a certain narrative, right? Uh, that be for competition or whatever. Um, you know, we think defensively as a company, right? That's why we make hardware wallets. <laughs> so, if you're going to attack my business with my own software economically, right? We're going to change that. <laughs> like we're not chumps, right? And you know, there's a massive difference between sort of, um, you know, sharing libraries or, you know, forking a certain library or something. But when you fork somebody's whole project, like, you know, without contribution and you go try to compete to them, it's bullshit. Well, what is open source at the end of the day? What is ethical? I guess we're getting the ethics of open source. No, it's, you know, I think, I think if you, if you're adding to the world, right? If you're, if you're contributing, being that positive to society, right? Producing value, right? Uh, that to me is where morality comes from with this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you're simply like taking, right? In order to just take, competitively as well, right? You're not adding value, right? You're just diluting what's existing mm -hmm. and you're not really creating anything new, right? And, and that's sort of like the issue that I have with some of this stuff. So you have to pick, right? Because we live in a fiat world. <laughs> not for long. Right? But, but we do. So, you know, if somebody is going to use your work with fiat money, so like, you know, you go fundraise and now like you're going to compete with somebody with their own code and now they edit fiat money. Like, you know, I'm not going to sit around. Uh, so like, you know, and, and most of the benefit, you know, cold card is mostly, it's always been essentially like single source, right? It's not like there's like a lot of people contributing to cold cards. Like mm -hmm. we, we write the code. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's been contributors and grateful for them. and They're all fine if our license changed too. Um, you know, the, the value of code card comes from verifiable source code. So that's still there and we respect users, right? So our license is extremely permissive, right? So you can share, you can sell your unit, you can change the code, you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. You just can't start a company on top of our code. Okay. That's all. 
<laughs> seems, I mean, yeah, you put a shit ton of time. Yeah, like there. there's like years, right, of work there. Um, you know, and this is the thing, right? Like if you were like contributing to our project and sort of like adding value to it, we would probably have not changed the license because now we're like symbiotically sort of like adding value there, right? Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I think it's, uh, it was the way to handle it in the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not patent people. We don't like it, right? It's like, it's, but again, you live in a fiat world, right? So you have to figure out how to, to handle these things against people who are not playing fair. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's fucking, it, it's like a murky. Yeah. It's a murky, it's not very there, cut and dry. There are no saints and it's like, you know, it's business and, mm-hmm. and like, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, it's a profitable company so that it can create new things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I talked to, I, I think a competitor who took your cut, I've been talking to him behind the scenes, just trying to figure out what's going on. I think we're going to have him on get um, his perspective. So I definitely wanted to get yours as well. Yeah. There was a, I think what like truly pissed me off is the the narrative that was created around it. Like, cause we, you know, we, we, we shared a, a library with Trazer, right? Mm-hmm. Which we were contributors to. And, and it's a single library. It's just one little library. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not like code card is completely different design. It's completely different thing. Right. You know, what these guys did, it's completely different. They literally took everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, even the bugs. <laughs> like, you know, it's like just remove the comments on the, it's just, it's just, anyways, yeah. it's whatever. It was totally entitled, legally speaking, right? Because that was the license. Yeah. Right. No, and the, uh, yeah, and the Trezor thing too, like one library, it's not a whole. No. And that, that was thrust to you guys. Like, oh, you guys were doing this with Trezor, but as soon as somebody. No, it's it, bullshit, you know? right? Yeah. And, and it, you know, it's just like a fascinating thing is that, it's very common in most industries to share crypto libraries mm-hmm. because it makes sense, right? Because that is not your competitive advantage. Yeah. If anything, it's the opposite. You want, that's the library that you want the eyes on. You want more contribution. You want everybody using that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so much so that we switched to Bitcoin Core's crypto library, right? Libsec. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, it, it, you know, it, it's, much better library has nothing there's no shitcoin vestigial stuff in it right mm-hmm. um and uh but yeah so so like you know to then create this narrative to sort of you know make your thing look a little better you know that you didn't copy whatever no just you know at least fess up like it's like yeah you fucking cloned it <laughs> i think it, there was a it was pretty clean that one yeah no i mean like you can see the code I mean, it's like you know yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, that's the other thing too. So that's like from you, you see this the hardware and the coin join flame wars or is is an outside observer or just exhausting. Like, it is exhausting for us too. We hate the drama. Yeah. But we punch back. That's the thing, right? Like, well, you have to punch back, right? No, it, it's like, you know, I'm not gonna take shit, right? It's yeah. like you know, the, it's but you know, this is tech. It's just that you know, a lot of people who who never worked in tech sort of like never saw the underbelly because it wasn't public. Mm-hmm. But man, like, you know, in the beginning of computers, I mean, like, it's always been something like that, right? Because like people who create things are passionate about their things that they create. Yeah, I mean, you have infamous stories of Linus reaming people out. Yeah. And 
Yeah. Minus Torvald. Um, you know, Linux is a shitcoin. <laughs> it's not even Unix. Linux is a shitcoin? Yeah, that's right. You're a Unix maximalist? Yes. Okay. That's right. You still write in Vim. BSD and Darwin. You use Vim? Oh, yeah. You know, VI is, it's like, it's nothing better to edit. Text or even emails, like it's. Uh, what is the uh, Sublime man? What about Sublime? <laughs> that, that's right. It's like, uh, yeah, no. It, you know, Vi has a learning curve of of like it's like a flat high like this, and then it goes like this. Like, <laughs> but I I highly recommend like go Vi. But people use Vi on Linux too. Yeah. Once you get over that learning curve, it's like, all right. Uh, VI is I'm a, it's amazing. You, can, you can't use anything else like after VI. You really can't. It's, it's like awful. <laughs> it's like torture. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit, man. Well, this has been fun. Yeah. You got to get your ass down to Austin, Texas. I know, man. It's funny because eh? we, we've been chatting for like days now, like, you know, as a group, like lots of... And, and, still here talking more yeah you can fucking hear them out there i know like justin moon was just like like <laughs> peeping through the window there making faces that's the uh that's the beauty of of the bitcoin comments it's what we're trying to build here it's cool in austin texas yeah i know texas is cool yeah you know looking at properties and things we'll see Ooh. Like, i didn't want to bring that up i don't know if you want to keep that close to the I, I you know it's it's still like it's still pretty exploratory which, yeah it's exploratory yeah let's see Hey, uh, all the Austin recruits, send a nice message to, to Rodolfo here. No, nah, I mean, you guys, you guys definitely showed everybody a good time here. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's nice. Well, like, it'd be nice to get, be closer to the source of these dope products. Yeah, that would be interesting. Do you move the factory? You don't move the factory. You're building very cool products. I hope you know that. Thank you. I'm very excited to get my hand on uh, the SATS card. And the yeah. tab signer. I can't wait to ship those things. It is like magic. Like you're just holding your phone up and like having like an NFC link pop up right away. You click it like a oh, deposit here. Yes. It's uh, it, it, you know, technology is like right when it feels like magic, right? Yeah. That, that magic thing is, is like what technology is supposed to be. It's like 10 X improvement in something. The SATS card is a 10 X improvement of like, Oh shit, this is, it's yeah, pretty cool it's much better than the open dime or, I mean the open dime's incredible like having like plug it yeah in. but it, you know it's, a, it's, it's an evolution thing right I mean it's like it's that's that's how products work it's yeah. like you know you come up with the next thing we still want to make it just sentimental value kind of thing right but like I mean, it's still the best wedding gift to give it's pretty cool yeah I've, I've given I have so many open dimes as wedding gifts you just tape it to the card and say text me and you want to figure out what the hell I just yeah, gave you. Please don't lose it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Call caps. Do not That's lose right. this. Yeah. All right. He was on the Joe Rogan show yesterday. His products were. Yeah. Now he's on TFTC. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh man, that was hilarious. Joe Rogan, I'm front running you. Yeah. This is where all the builders Come are. Come on, Jamie. Get, get, get real Bitcoiners there. We, we gotta, we gotta get you guys to be on the, the hopium. <laughs> You're getting people to explain gauge theory when we really need them to explain how to get paid. Right, like imagine that, right? Like wasting episodes and episodes of Rogan with that kind of audience, with like you know, moron. Like <laughs> you know, instead of like you know, fixing the money, fixing the world, kind of thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. We got to fix the money. 
right now. Ooh, we pumped during this episode. We're at 41,189 cuck bucks, according to uh, my block clock mini right here. There you go. That's pulling from Bitstamp. We got to get you a few more so that you can have like different stuff showing at the same time. Yeah, well, it's, it's when we do it remote, Matt will have his when he when he turns it back on when it gets above fifty six thousand dollars, wherever it's stuck on, he unplugged it at like fifty six. He's like, I'm not plugging it back. I on. have a few of those in the house, like <laughs> you know that like the OG clock too. It's like you know they just you know unplugged for whatever reason, and it's so weird to plug it back because <laughs> the numbers are going to change a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's sentimental value. Like, oh, it's pretty funny. It really is pretty funny. It's like having tabs saved mm-hmm. of like, you know, like those uh, price websites. Oh yeah. Like, like I have Bitcoin-y, Bitcoin-ity. Remember that one? Yeah, one of those, but and it shows the price on the on the bookmark mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, like $2 or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, holy shit. Remember that? Yeah. You were bookmarking at $2. Wow. Yeah. Not you, but like. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was, it was at all prices at some point. Yeah. That's uh, that's one of my favorite things to do is go back to like old journals that I was writing in when I was first getting in. I would always put the date and then put the Bitcoin price. And it's like, holy shit. I hope my kids go back and look at that. They're like, wow. Yeah. Fucking legend. Right? <laughs> that meme? Yeah. What were you doing? I can actually show you on this date. That's right. Uh, all right. Let's go talk with other Bitcoiners. That's right. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. You like the studio? It's been a fun week. Yeah, it's just awesome. Like, <laughs> it's uh, it's very professional. Thank you. Like, it's very, uh, you know, I also like the 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 little sofa in front there because yeah. like then you can you gotta you gotta start having like a few more guys around. Oh, oh, we will, we will. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We'll do a group thing. Matt's not in town yet, but at some point in the future, we'll get all yeah. of us in town and do do a big one. That'd be cool. All right. See you, freaks. Peace and love. Okay. <laughs>